From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is seven minutes past the hour. Thank you for waking up early in the morning. Thanks for staying tuned to WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station, all because of you. We know it, and we thank you. There are some important financial items that we're going to tell you about in just a little bit. Just a few things on my mind before we get to that. Number one, Joe Biden and the Homeland Security Director Mayorkas are despicable. They knew from the very beginning that the Border Patrol Mounted Police never whipped migrants. It's documented. Once again, the truth becomes self-evident. They knew from the beginning, and yet they took the public position that they did. They don't seem to care that by ginning up this this fake racism stuff, that I'm telling you, I really believe this. I think this term, uh, what did the um, retired police officer call the Philadelphia DEA, he called him a serial killer by proxy. I have to remember that because it sounds sensational, but it really is accurate. They're getting people hurt. They're getting people killed because they are ratcheting up phony racist claims What reason would there be to do that? And you think about this. They messed up those folks, their careers forever. They don't do the job they used to do. Very valuable job. They had their reputation sullied. They should personally sue Joe Biden and this Mayorkas character. I'm telling you, I cannot wait to see these animals placed under oath and the pressure being brought to bear on them that they have been putting on so many innocent people. I told you at the time, I watched the film, I said, they're not whips. They're the reins of the horse. They didn't whip anyone. They were making moves on very uneven terrain. And you're going side to side and you have to make, I mean, do you ever watch these kinds of programs, whether it's folks in Alaska that are on horseback or in this type of scenario where they can't even get vehicles into areas? But see, they don't want the border patrolled properly. And in many cases, they're getting people hurt where there's one person doing a job where there should be many people. And this one person One Border Patrol agent put up against dozens of illegals coming into the country. It is it is so unacceptable what's going on. Here's another item that has been proven since we were last together. Joe Biden begged OPEC to wait 
one month to announce their two million barrels a day oil cut. Now, you know why he did that. Because it would be after the November 8th midterm elections. These are despicable, dishonest people in the highest places. It's so dangerous in so many ways. Just two examples of how incredibly dishonest they are. Now on to some of the financial stuff. Wholesale prices, and this was not allegedly expected. I'm not surprised. You shouldn't be surprised. But they rose more than expected. 0.4% in September. Inflation persists. There was supposed to be a gain. It was supposed to improve for the better. Let me word it that way. Instead, and again, this excludes, oh, just food, energy, and other important trade services. It is up sharply over a year ago, 8.5%. Here's another phenomenon. A 30-year T-bond, so that's a treasury bond will yield you 3.941% right now. Not bad. A 10-year T-note yields 3.962, even more. And even a shorter instrument, a 5-year T-note, is yielding 4.181%. So if Chuck Malamut, if he were here right now, he would tell you that that is an inverted yield curve and that almost in every example, it results in a recession. I commented briefly on this yesterday. Really, there are certain things, certain big lies. Just get my goad. D at the end, not T. He gets my goat. Goad. Been trying to teach that for a long time. I think people think it's goat. He gets my goat. Goad is what it is. Goad. But there are certain things that get my goad. And one of them, when somebody just blatantly lies to your face. Like Joe Biden yesterday, or I guess it was the day before, but most people learned about it yesterday in a completely dishonest interview, said that he's done more than any other president in the first two years. And that's he says, that's no joke. He has to say that because it is a joke. If it wasn't a joke, you wouldn't have to say it's not a joke. But that's not even the part that bothers me. It's what came next. The audacity. There are so many people hurting. There's so many people paycheck to paycheck. And it's going to get worse, I'm afraid. But he says that the vast, these are quotes, I can't forget them, they're so outrageous, that the vast majority of the American people agree with him and his policies. There's not even 20% of the American people that agree with him and his policies, and those 20% are just fools. 
liars or clueless idiots. There's nothing to like. So if you say you like it, you like it for other reasons. Either you don't work and you just support one political party blindly, whatever it is. But 80%, in some polls, 85% do not support. Now, of course, the person conducting the interview didn't follow up with, well, that's not what the polls say. Mr. President, the vast majority of the American people don't. It's the exact opposite of what you're saying. Just ask him that question. He'll lie again. He'll come up with some crazy lie that's written on his cue card in crayon. But that is just outrageous. After the break, there's something that I really, really want to see. Obviously, it would be great for the country because I truly believe, well, right now it's down, there's about four races in the Senate that are close and Republicans only have to win one of them. If Herschel Walker can beat Raphael Warnock, and I'm really crossing my fingers, one, that it can happen, and two, that he gets over 50%, because, oh my gosh, if the whole control of the Senate is on a special election in Georgia again, I don't think I'm going to be able to stand it when they nationalize that the way the Democrat media will. Can you imagine what they will do to Herschel Walker in that scenario. And there is a libertarian right now who is polling at 4%. That's big, big trouble, big trouble. What we have to hope is that people will realize that and then not vote for that individual. That is throwing your vote away, guaranteeing a special election, Allowing the Democrats, the Democrat media to then know exactly what they have to do to destroy one person. We've seen this bad movie. We know how it ends. 17 minutes past the hour, much more. And your open forum coming up at 7, John Zarek at 8, and a very serious topic, lung cancer. Very near and dear to me. I despise it. We'll talk about that for the first half of the nine o'clock hour with Dr. Joseph Kostick, the director of thoracic surgery at Deborah Hart and Lung Center. That's the topic this month, lung cancer. Fox News commentary. Joe Biden finally admits we could be headed for recession. Well, no, duh. I'm Tommy Lahren. More next. Businesses don't run on automation or algorithms alone. What powers businesses are your people and the people they serve. At Cintas, your dedicated service reps understand what you need to help you keep your employees feeling safe, comfortable, and performing their best. So your business can too. For workwear, essential cleaning products, first aid and safety supplies, and fire protection services, visit Cintas.com. Oh, I'm ready! And get ready for the workday. 
The White House has spent the last several months trying to convince us the economy, gas prices, inflation, everything is fine. Well, we weren't fooled then and we aren't surprised now that Joe Biden is finally having to admit everything isn't roses and unicorns. He told CNN's Jake Tapper, I don't think there will be a recession. If it is, it'll be a very slight recession. That is, we'll move down slightly. Well, Joe, the economic outlook already meets the standard definition of recession. Two consecutive quarters of contraction, but who's counting? Gas prices, inflation shortages, we are experiencing all of it. But yet, Joe Biden thinks he's Mr. Popular. He even told Jake Tapper he's still considering running again in 2024 and thinks he can beat Donald Trump. Joe, you can't even read a teleprompter or ride a bicycle. Who do you think you are kidding? 830 days left, people. God help us. Let's get to 2024. I'm Tommy Laren. From the world's playground, this is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Just remember with every outrageous thing you hear, see, learn, just know it's 26 days until America's Independence Day. See, here's how I look at it. It it doesn't, right when we know the results of the election, it doesn't change then because these animals still have until the beginning of January. But when the American people make their will known, we will then have the rest of November and December to say, knock it off. No more trillions of dollars of your crazy socialist agenda stop what you're doing the american people have rejected you and it's a strong hand look they're going to try they'll still have the majority they'll have people that will have been defeated they'll have people willing to vote for crazy stuff because they'll get promised an administration uh, an administration job or something but 26 days and i really believe that we will know Sometime, I think it's going to be so self-evident that we actually should know rather early. But the Democrat media will hold back before midnight on November 8th. We will know that the House of Representatives has changed hands. We may not know the results in the Senate because you have these crazy states and commonwealths that have wild policies and things. You, You have some exorbitant amount of time after the election to still turn in your ballot. Uh, Pennsylvania, for example, just to show you how sick some of this stuff is, the Supreme Court told them they can't do certain things anymore. Count ballots that aren't dated. I mean, who who would count a ballot that has no date on it, that you don't know where the hell it came from or what it is? They, of course, say they're not going to follow. So now we're talking anarchists. They're not going to follow an edict from the Supreme Court of the United States. That's where we're at. If they don't like it, they don't have to do it in their crazy, mixed up, psycho world that they live in. All right, I mentioned Herschel Walker right before the break. Even with market saturation level annihilation that they're trying to do to him. He has retaken the lead against Raphael Warnock, 46% to 44%. But as I told you, uh, I don't remember, what's his name? The Libertarian, I did a little, I, I did a little name, I, I think I've told you this before. If it's a name I really had no reason to want to remember, 
I have this way of disposing of things that I just don't need to remember. But I did a name association. The guy's name is Chase Oliver. And I remember remembering that because he sort of kind of has two first names. He's a libertarian candidate. He has 4% of the vote. That's no good. A libertarian doesn't necessarily take completely from the Republican, but probably mostly. And what it does do, if somebody gets 4%, if a race is relatively close, it makes it hard for the other person. Remember, Kelly, uh, what the hell was her name? Uh, She and Purdue, they beat the two Democrats. Unfortunately, Georgia has a, I don't like it. They have a rule that you have to get at least 50% plus one vote. You have to get a majority. So the two Republicans had to run in a runoff election that were completely nationalized And, of course, they used President Trump as a wedge, and they beat them. It was very, very close, but they beat them both. And this is why we've had the the garbage that we have had for the past two years. I don't want to see that again. We need to have at least 51 seats before there is a Georgia special election all over again. That would be disastrous. And they probably would pull it off. Maybe, maybe not. But they just, they'll, they'll, they're running so incredibly hard at Herschel Walker because they realize that there's about four races, Nevada, Pennsylvania. Incidentally, I just don't see, I want to talk about this after the break. I just don't see how can this, uh, Fetterman, how can he even be in this thing? Now, they're, they're, they're coming after the NBC reporter who told the truth about Fetterman. Now you know why Fetterman needs uh, the digital display. He's doing this one debate. He can't function right now. Evidently, he can read better than he can understand The spoken word. The reporter said, and we'll talk about this after the break, the reporter said he didn't understand. I heard him call Joe Biden, Joe Bin, B-E-E-N, Bin. And he was all slurring and, look, I, I wish him well, but this guy, this guy's not, he's not fit. This is ridiculous. It's like Joe Biden all over again. What are you going to suspension of disbelief and allow this? 30 minutes past the hour on the Hurley in the Morning program. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. Harry Hurley at 30 minutes past the hour with three stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. 
oh, I knew this was going to happen. And you just warmed my my heart when you took our story about the world's most famous actor. And he was a graduate of a New Jersey high school. I knew it was going to do good. It didn't do good. It did supernova great. Atlanta County Prosecutor Will Reynolds gets two more, two more bad guys from the Headshot Gang. How about that one? From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Our one and only wet day of the week here. Scattered rain will arrive later this morning, setting the scene for a damp and dreary day. The later it gets this afternoon and especially this evening, the better the chance for some downpours and rumbles of thunder. Mostly cloudy, increasingly breezy, high temperature settles around 68. One last push of storms this evening, then clearing skies, low 56, sunny and 70 tomorrow. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Do you take more than five antacids a day? WPG Talk Radio 95.5. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5. 36 minutes past the hour. Thank you for waking up early in the morning. So on to John Fetterman. Now, you if you've been paying attention, and I hope you have been, because this election is literally what... Uh, a quarter of a tank of gasoline away. It's really, really important, this Pennsylvania race. Fetterman, in my estimation, regardless of your politics, he's just simply disqualified. You know why he's been hiding out now. My goodness, he he is in terrible shape. He doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know what he's hearing. I mean, we we already know how this goes. We've got one of one like that. Let's not make one of 100 like that. Completely disqualified. And that's why, oh, man, are they coming after the Wizard of Oz? They're coming after him so hard. They've got billboards up that that say that Oz is a, a Dallas Cowboys fan. I mean, they're just trying. They're saying he killed animals. In experiments uh, that he's going to decide that women can't get an abortion. I mean, they are just throwing the kitchen sink at this guy. Because they have to destroy Oz because their guy is so completely unacceptable, unworthy, un, un, unable to do the job. No doubt about it. I read a pretty interesting piece Um it was filed at uh, 9.30 last night. I woke up for about five minutes at 11 p.m. I didn't get to see the end of the Phillies game. Uh, I, you know, I was uh, telling my daughter, I said, this is just like I tell you all the time. I have really bad luck with little things, phenomenal luck with big things. The game was supposed to be at 4.30. I think 4.35 to be exact. Maybe even 437, let's say, if we're going to be precise, first pitch. That would have been beautiful. I had already written three pieces of content for the app, for the website. I was in good shape for today's show. I was just going to be able to kick back because usually I'm going later than that. But I was going to be able to kick back and watch an entire game. That might be something... That you can just do any day, no matter what time the game is on. 
But even a 737 game like tonight, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to hang around as long as I can. But if I stay up for the entire game, it's going to be after 1030 probably unless it's a really fast pace game. And then I'm getting up at 215. So it's tough. So I thought, oh, I can watch this game. Phillies have a, a real shot here to drop the hammer. Let's see how this is going to go. And then then I learned an hour or so before the game that the game is delayed. And I said, of course it is. Because I was going to get to watch it. Then I figured, I even told my daughter, I said, they're going to announce that the game is going to start at 730. She said, how do you know? I said, because I know. So sure enough, they come out and say, the game, the first pitch will be between 7.30 and 7.45. <laughs> and I just laughed. <laughs> because then I could watch. I watched until the Phillies starter, and I don't know the team well at all. Very few players I even know by name. In fact, I only really know Bryce Harper, uh, the catcher, Real Muto. And really, I don't. I mean, I know what they look like. The center fielder looks like Captain Caveman. If I'm involved in an organization, I, I'd have to say, come on, man. You got to get a haircut and you got to trim that beard. You look, you look unrepresented. You just don't look civilized. Appears to be a very good center fielder, though. So anyhow, uh, I make it until the inning where there's two outs, starting pitchers just rolling, only gave up one hit, and that you just never know what's going to happen in baseball. So unusual. And with no extra base hits, all singles, they go from two outs and nothing going to scoring three runs. And in a game like that, when no one is scoring, three runs seems like 30 runs. So I thought, well, this doesn't look good. They're going to lose that. And I fell asleep maybe a half inning after that. And I woke up and I checked the score. And sure enough, the Phillies had lost three to nothing. But as I said yesterday, winning one out of the two games in Atlanta, it's all the Phillies had to do. They accomplished what you want to do as the road team. They now have the um, home field advantage. Now, of course, if they lose tomorrow night, Atlanta's got the home field advantage right back. But the Phillies have two straight games at home. This is kind of interesting, and I didn't know this. I don't even know how the schedule could even be like this. But evidently, they've played their last 12 games on the road. That's terrible scheduling. The league did them no favors at all. In the last 12 games, it should be something like maybe four games on the road, four games at home, four games on the road. I think that's what the Yankees had, something like that. But 12 in a row on the road? That's just bad scheduling by the league. It's awful. How do you do that? Especially the end of the season. It's a big advantage to being at home. I believe the Yankees are completely, they can win anywhere, but they're they're a better team in Yankee Stadium. 
So they've got nasty Nestor Cortez, 737 tonight. I would have gone with Severino, but I understand Nestor Cortez has had an all-star season. He has been pitching very well. He was lights out unstoppable. Then it was almost like the league caught up with him. I was worried because he did sort of come out of nowhere, even though he was a setup man for a number of years. But then he got it right again. And I'm going to tell you the key to him. He almost always throws a first pitch strike. If you're a hitter, you should first pitch swing on him. His strength is that he gets ahead and then he gets you to swing at garbage. It's been very effective. So he'll be going tonight. I don't recall who the, uh, I was going to say the Indians, who the Guardians are pitching. But the Yankees now have a chance tonight. I don't, And I don't like the scheduling with this either. The Phillies and the Dodgers, and of course the Phillies playing the Braves, Dodgers are playing San Diego. Hey, wait a minute. When I went to sleep last night, I need Chuck Malama to text me uh, when these games end. San Diego did hold on. San Diego was winning 4-3 to three when I fell asleep. They won 5-3. to three. Two things I said to you before the playoffs began. You don't want to play the Phillies right now, and you don't want to play the San Diego Padres. And they each knocked off higher-seeded teams in the wild-card round, and they're each in one-to-one tie series. So now San Diego has the home field advantage. Very interesting. When we come back, I'm going to share with you the inflation and all that surrounds it is obviously terrible. But I'm going to give you an update regarding Social Security that I don't think you're going to mind hearing. If you are a recipient or nearing retirement age, I've got news for you next. This is Early in the Morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at 3. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. 10 minutes before the top of the hour. Well, inflation's bad. No question about it. And in a few hours, we'll get the CPI. Actually, is it 830? Maybe even less than a few hours. Uh hour and 40 minutes or so from now we'll get the cpi numbers that will be the last before the november 8th elections so that should be interesting we'll check that out and, and again i don't trust anything anything this government does anything they put out is a lie understand anything they put out it's really worse these are the same people that had written documentation that no border patrol agent whipped anybody and, and they still spewed racist lies. They don't care whose life or lives they ruin. They're horrible people and they're liars and they're completely dishonest. So just remember, everything is worse. Somebody sent me a graphic. I've been saying it forever. They said, how's inflation? 8.6%. What do you know that's only 8.6% more? And then you could have a list of 50 things 
that are 25, 35% more. So they're lying about everything. And it's still bad. Even their lies. And then they can't, I mean, yeah, they, they, you have the press secretary say it's the greatest economy in American history. I mean, they say these things every day. And everybody knows it's a lie. Hence, liars who lie about lying. But this is not a lie. Tens of millions of older Americans are about to get what may be the biggest raise of their lifetime. The government is set to announce how big a percentage increase Social Security beneficiaries will see in your monthly payments this upcoming year. And it's all but certain. I mean, I haven't said it yet, so you can't say with absolute certainty, but it's all but virtually certain that it will be the largest increase. It's called a COLA, cost of living adjustment. The largest increase in 40 years. Washington adjusts Social Security benefits to keep up with inflation. And therefore, the increase is going to be very big. Some estimates say that it might be a 9% increase. It's pretty good. I think the maximum, if you paid, they, they, they have a formula and they take the 35 biggest years that you had as an employee. I think that's right. And then they calculate, you can go see this. And I, I really encourage you at least once a year. I don't get it mailed to me anymore because I signed up digitally. I can go in at any time. I can see that if I go for five more years or whatever it is at, at the pace I'm going, I know exactly what my Social Security will be. And right now, if you wait until full retirement age... And that varies depending on when you were born. 66 now can be 67 or 66 and some odd number of months. It all depends when you were born. But the biggest number that you can get right now, I believe, is $3,345 a month. So, I mean, if you just... Just round it up just to figure it out real quick. If, if you got a 10% increase, that's a $334.50. See how I did that? Hey, you did that kind of quick. I just rounded it up to 10, but it's, it'll be a tenth less than that. But basically like 300 and some dollars a month increase. That could pay for a car payment or part of a car payment or food for who knows one order whatever but that's a that's a big increase and they don't lower it if inflation comes down and it will we just have to get rid of the uh the bad people in office that have made terrible decisions but when it comes down your social security stays the same And it's a shame because they, they, I mean, they have to do it sort of generically. So you don't know 
it depends on where you live exactly how much spending power you have. $3,345 in a lower tax state. And just let's say any state that's not California or places like that. And I do have a closing item on California that I teased a little bit yesterday. Just they're, they're, they're beyond unbearable at this point. Let me just talk about that. They have put into effect a law that if they decide, think about this power that these these drunken for power slobs, what they're trying to do. If you are a doctor, I believe you have the right to give your medical opinion on anything. And then it's take it or leave it. Hey, uh, if your doctor says you shouldn't take the booster shot, here's why. It's very mild now. And there's still some experimental stuff. And it's not like it was before. And you had it before. And you handled it well when you got it, the COVID-19. And so we recommend you not get it. If you are in California and you think that either there's something in terms of the ingredients or the mRNA technology, if you bring up something that they don't like, they can take your license away. These people are Gavin Newsom and these idiots. They are so incredibly sick. Whoever heard of such a thing that politicians are now dictating. Look, I'm not saying that a doctor could go out there and just start performing experimental surgeries and different things and and crazy stuff. But if you have a different opinion on either the origins of COVID-19 or efficacy of this or that, of course, as a doctor, you have the right to publish that, to say it. They're saying you don't. To which I just say, wow, you have to be kidding. Two minutes left in the hour. Mr. Hand, what's going on? How are you doing? Listen, um, not to take up your time. I heard yesterday, and I I don't know if it's totally um, true or not, that with Fetterman and his computer, that besides that he's reading your questions, the computer is has a program in it that's giving him answers. So um, what was suggested when I saw yesterday that his answers are not his own, he's just reading them, and there's a program in there. Now, that's true. Think how scary that is. Yes. Now, I can't prove that, Tom, but that is what has been said about this. It, first of all, Oz wanted to debate him. He's trying to expose him as unfit, so he had to go along with this. But this should never be allowed. You can't have earpieces and monitors and you can't have this. But of course, this is the bizarro world that we live in now. And it's just becoming, you know, almost science fiction is becoming true there. But the implications there, you know, and of the way he's able to read it off there, that instantaneously... Um, his answers have already been programmed. Well, remember, Joe Biden, I mean, I'm telling you, they, they gave him the Biden technology here. Biden at press conferences knows the question before he gets it. And then the answer pops up and he reads an answer. This is what they're doing. 
these people with the mental acuity problems, Biden and now Fetterman, this is how they're getting by. Tom, I got you in because I know your schedule starts early. Uh, We're going to the break right now. So until we meet again, drive safe and uh, good to talk to you, my friend. Open Forum continues right now. Check in 609-407-1450. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back six minutes past the hour. This portion of Hurley in the morning brought to us in part by Batteries Plus Bulbs. With stores in Northfield, New Jersey at 900 Tilton Road and Route 73 in Mount Laurel. Roy Scott and their team are extraordinarily service-minded. They have creative solutions to fix your cell phones and tablets, batteries for your various power tools, cars, boats, motorcycles, golf carts, and other devices. I've personally seen them do it all. I've been in the store a number of times. I see them working with customers. And, And the neat thing... Uh, because I know somebody that went there for a tiny little watch battery because I told them I knew they'd have it, and they did, and they put the battery in for them. Sometimes it's tough getting off that back case. They have tools and stuff that we don't have. So they did all that. I've seen them put a battery in a car, and then they take the old battery, so you don't even have to worry about disposing of that. They take care of all of that. It's really a gem of a store. And when you um, make a purchase, I'm urging you to mention Hurley in the morning. You know I appreciate it just from the client standpoint. But also, it's the phrase that pays because you will – they have done everything from discount the check to actually gave one of our listeners – I actually heard this a few times – a four-pack of batteries. So just mention my name. It's a good thing to do. The phone lines are jammed, 609-407-1450. This one's a little rich for me. Nancy Pelosi and now even New York Governor Kathy Hochul, that lunatic. What a nutbag she is. They are now, finally, just now, asking President Biden to secure the border. Come on. To quote Joe Biden, come on, man. And the mayor of New York, not to be outdone, he's housing illegals in $400 a night hotel rooms. This is while American homeless, including veterans and others, live outside. Tell me this isn't all mixed up, inside out, backwards. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Wow. That was a statement you just made, boss. I'll tell you that. That's what's happening. That's craziness. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, I'm conflicted. I, I got I got two things for you real quick. I know your phone lines are jammed. They are. I got a sports one, mm-hmm. and I got a, a funny. I got a funny, but kind of depressing at the same time. Political one. Um, um, the, let me let me do the political one first. Uh, it's funny, but kind of sad. <clears throat> let me get this right because it's confusing to me. LGTBQ community. The LGTBQ 
community, right? Yeah. You know what that stands for? You know what that stands for? Yeah. And there's also more at the end of that. That it keeps getting longer. There's more than that. Yeah, it's plus. It says plus. Yeah. It says plus, right? Yeah. But LGTBQ stands for let's get Trump back quickly. Oh, don't uh, Matt, I'm telling you, you you say something like that, you get yourself canceled. Uh, I get what you're saying. <laughs> I get what you're saying, but um, but, but here's the, here's where it stems, though, Harry. Yeah, it, it it goes to what they're teaching our kids in school. Okay. Yeah. It, it it it's a disgrace. I mean, if I had a kid in school and they were teaching that kind of stuff, I would I would yank that kid out so fast you wouldn't believe it. You know what I mean? Well, I don't know exactly what you mean. And what it was also very troubling are these schools that actually want to deny parents information about their own children i mean how how in the world could it ever be the policy of a school district a public school district that a child could get an abortion and they don't tell the parents who i mean who's ever heard of such a thing it's crazy yeah it's 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 out of control i i i, I there's a guy in florida making t-shirts to that effect but at any rate all right uh, what's the sports, sports item? uh well i'm conflicted again um i have no no say in the baseball season anymore because the Mets are crap again at the end of the year. And um, but I, I'm still vested in football, though, Harry. Our division's tough. It's a tough division. Think about this, Matt. It for, I say from the outhouse to the penthouse. One year ago, the NFL Eastern Division was considered a joke. The NFC East Division was considered the worst division in all of football now you have the five and oh eagles the four and one cowboys the four and one giants i mean some legitimately very very good teams yeah well they didn't they didn't give us any credit but we're we're playing hard yeah and um the rest, rest of the teams in the league better watch out because if you come to the nfc's you're gonna have a problem well i did hear i don't know which one it was but somebody on that fox news sunday so it was either uh, Menifee or Bradshaw or um, Howie Long, Jimmy Johnson, and Michael Strahan do the show. One of them, I can't remember which one said it. One of them said, hey, look at that NFC East. That's a good division. So they, it, they people are taking notice. Now, they, now, Matt, as you know, they got to start knocking each other off. The Eagles are playing the Cowboys. Uh, and then soon they'll play the Giants and so on and so forth. So that that division is not going to stay, you know, five and zero, oh, four and one, four and one. They're going to start beating each other now. Well, you just got to hope for a split with the other teams in your division. You got to hope for a split, and then you got. Well, here, here's what I will say to you: If I think there's the three elite teams in in the NFC East are the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the Giants. If the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the Giants all split in the division, they'll all make the playoffs. Yeah, three teams out of one division in the playoffs. That's yeah. pretty good. Yes. You can get two wild cards out of it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. The Eagles are going to win the division, I think. I, I, and that's coming from a Giants fan. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, though. It, it's it's still, I, I mean, I want to just believe that, but there's a lot of football left. Not one of those rivalries ha- have even played yet. A lot of people are saying that. I read uh, the Eagles have a 99.62% chance of making the playoffs. And, and they base that on, you know, the thing about the NFL, and this is kind of shocking, even opening up 2-0, and 
teams that open up 2-0 and usually make the playoffs. Isn't that crazy? Uh, so the Eagles, obviously, 5-0, and uh, it's a good position to be. But I'll tell you, 4-1, and what's the one loss that the Giants has? Dallas beat us. Oh, that's right. Uh, we, we, we barely beat us. Yeah, barely. and then Dallas lost on the opening game. Uh, they're they're zero and one with Dak Prescott, and they're four and zero with Cooper. What what is his last name? I don't even know. Cooper something. R- Rush. Yeah, Cooper Rush. Rush. So yeah, August Rush. If you ever saw that movie, it's a great movie. Freddie Highmore. Matt, I gotta go. Have a great day. 609-407-1450. One open phone line. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Harry. Uh, great show so far as Thank ever. You. Thank you. Um, listen, I just 10 minutes ago, okay, I had the TV on. I was, you know, coursing through the channels. And here's the new, um, Fet, uh, what's his name, Fetterman? Yeah, Fetterman. Yeah, okay. It said, uh, Dr. Oz kills puppies, quote, unquote. I mean, <laughs> it's not a joke, but I mean, uh, and then they go, uh, yeah, he, he did cool experiments on hundreds of dogs. Yes. But would we come back? Yeah, the Oz right now. Think about it, Andrea. Oz uh, wants to deny all women any right to an abortion. He wants to kill hundreds of animals and has killed hundreds of animals, they say. High crime and misdemeanor. He's a Dallas Cowboys fan. They've taken out billboards in front of the link, uh, Lincoln Financial Field, that that Oz is a Cowboys fan. I mean, they know this Fetterman is such a pile of dung that this is what they have to do. Yeah, but Fetterman, why can't we have a commercial? Fetterman chased down an African-American with a shotgun. Uh, we don't do that commercial because we're too nice. Um, insofar as not caring for people, this is what, remember, they did this for Vince Palestina, won't help women with cancer, while he was caring for his mother-in-law in his own home, Harry. But you don't hear anything that. So I guess they're just going to go, like, next will be Dr. Oz uh, kills orphans and, and baby ducks, too. You know? Yes. <laughs> like, like Matt said, if it, if it were so true, it would be funny. Yeah, he but, did not break a rabbit and, a, and, a, and will throw anything else you want to throw in there. Uh, he did not break. Uh, yeah, they're, they're going to – they have a guy that is so damaged. He is so unacceptably unqualified and unprepared that this is what they have to do. Well let, me, well, let me say this about battery and bulbs. Let me remind you and your audience, my sister bought a very special lamp there, and they rewired it for her. So uh, that's a great store. Thank you. Thanks, Harry. Thank you. Take, you bye. too. Bye-bye. We have to run. We'll be right back. We're taking your calls in the order that they come in. You'll be next, and you will be right after that. Hang in there. Uh, 609-407-1450, an open phone line. John Zara coming up at 8. I can't believe it's Thursday already. It's been a really, really fast week. And then we have uh, a very important topic. We do this at least once a year. And I have to say, um, I always get sad. I don't get sad very often. I get sad doing this topic. I lost both my parents to lung cancer. Uh, whenever we do this topic, I think about them. Uh, horrible. It's a horrible form of cancer. Just terrible. Gasping for your last breath. Just awful. And, and the addicted smoker that even with oxygen flowing has a lit cigarette uh, because the addiction is so powerful. It's, it's just it's cruel beyond words. 
We'll, that's our topic, though, in the first half of the 9 o'clock hour. This is Hurley in the Morning. Here is Sean Hannity. Turn up your radio. Here's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. Person Walker didn't pay child support. That would be a big issue down there. It's a big issue when his son spoke out about him. Well, what about fair play? If Herschel Walker ran a camp that was accused of abusing children and then got arrested for obstructing the investigation and obstructing justice, and it turned out that five instances apparently occurred at this camp, it would be all over media in Georgia. Why is there not fair play? So really what it's now coming down to is a decision. For the people of Georgia, do you want Joe Biden's insane uh, positions in Georgia or do you prefer a conservative like Herschel Walker? And by the way, somebody who's also been open and honest that he has struggled. He's had difficulties, been very open about it. Check out the Sean Hannity radio show later today, right here. Okay, from the start. The Acerola cherries. Alfalfa leaves. Aloe vera. Apples. Banana. Beets. Bell pepper. Broccoli. Blueberries. Blackberries. Cranberry. We make Texas superfood from 55 raw, vine-ripened fruits and vegetables. Pineapple. Sweet potatoes. Papaya. Parsley. Pear. Peach. In a capsule or a powder, one daily dose of Texas superfood delivers the healthy benefits of 55. Count them, 55 fresh fruits and vegetables, and you can see them all on TexasSuperfood.com. Raspberry, finish the nutrients that we need on a daily basis. Thousands of people benefit from taking Texas Superfood every day. Shouldn't you be one of them? Doctors, pharmacists, nurses, and your grandmother all recommend that you eat more fruits and vegetables every day. So if you can't, won't, or don't, Texas Superfood is made for you. TexasSuperfood.com. It's borderline shocking how much energy I have. I hope you use me for the TexasSuperfood.com. Join us on TexasSuperfood.com. TexasSuperfood.com. Set the first button on your car radio for South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Open question. Could Mitt Romney be a bigger jackass? Dot, dot, dot. Question mark. I love Trump called him, mocked him, called him the junior senator from the great state of Utah. He hasn't endorsed Mike Lee. Mike Lee is a consummate professional. He's an outstanding legislator, a very, very bright thinker, incredible on the key issues that really matter in America today. It's just a terrific United States senator. And Mitt Romney hasn't endorsed him. What a joke. Oh, I can't wait. I, I don't think Mitt Romney can run again in two years because somebody will run against him in the Republican primary. And then that'll be that. Welcome to Hurley in the morning. You're on the air. Good morning. Hi. It's a great day in Brigantine. Yes, it is. Thank you for that. <laughs> it is. Uh, I, I don't I don't know where to begin, but uh, I'll just pick something. But I have a few things um, you were mentioning that. Uh, Polydent, uh, polygrip Pelosi now suddenly wants the uh, border secure. And uh, I'll, I'll read you her direct quote. She said, what we must do in our country is to have comprehensive immigration reform. We all know that we must secure our border. That's our responsibility as a country. Now, that statement, Harry, means that the border is not secure. There's no other way to read it. Correct. But of course, every day when Peter Ducey and others asks uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre 
uh, you get told the border is secure. You ask Mayorkas, Jeff Andrew actually uh, spoke about this at our dinner. Uh, Van Drew asked Mayorkas in a committee hearing with Mayorkas under oath. The question was, do you really believe that our border is secure? And Mayorkas said, yes, they are sick. So, and, and even Kamala Harris or Carmela Harris says she told Lester Holt that the border is secure. So, so um, apparently Nancy uh, uh, Polygrip Pelosi didn't get the memo. Mm. Um, but you, you, you went right where I wanted you to go. I mean, which is it? Uh, we, we need some clarification. And this thing about these, um, um, border patrol agents on horseback, mm-hmm. I, I almost ripped the TV off the, off the wall and threw it out the window when I saw this because he, you know, Harry, every one of these people is able to sit there with a straight face, look you in the eye and tell you a lie so easily. Yeah, they do. That's how I call it. They they lie with ease. Here's the thing that's so disturbing about this. Look, it would be one thing. We have a president that is severely handicapped. He, he has a severe mental acuity issue. And if you look at something and they're moving fast and they're kind of like taking the reins and going from side to side because they're having the horse, you know, maneuver a certain way. And you think that's them doing that. If you jump to a conclusion and say something, that's one thing. They knew ahead of the statement that there was no such whipping that was ever done. They disbanded the unit, punished these people ruin their lives, ruin their careers, and get the entire country in a racial fight with one another for their cheap political gain. They are despicable, Andy. Uh, Yeah, and from my understanding, Mayorkas went out before the cameras and made his statement literally an hour after seeing this, this email. That is correct. He knew what he was saying was a lie. At the time, yes. So um, yesterday, this thing with Fetterman, I, I'm watching this play out, and I'm thinking to myself, I know what they're going to do with this guy. And damn it, if, if all last night Tucker was talking about it, it was on special report, I thought, you know, that, that this party of diversity, diversity is now going to include... So in our government, we must have leaders who are black, Hispanic, female, LGBTQ. And I said to myself, they're going to add to this diversity that we must have leaders who are um, cognitively challenged because of some stroke or whatever, because we already have one. And damn it, if they weren't talking about this last night, there's a bunch of people up in arms. They're using the uh, the Americans with Disabilities Act. They're they're dragging that out. This is not a this is different than 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 Governor Abbott being in a wheelchair or or even FDR being in a wheelchair. Right. Well, they don't even count them though. You see, you don't hear Abbott ever referred to in the way that they want to put Fetterman now. In in other words, you got to vote for Fetterman because we've created a special category. Yeah. And, you know, I listen, Harry, I'm not making fun. The man had a stroke. It's a shame. I hope he gets well. But 
truth be told, the man was an idiot, a fat slob, before any of this even happened. I mean, you know, he's just he's just not electable uh, even before this happened. But so keep was, in mind what Pennsylvania is doing right now. The Supreme Court made a ruling that these Pennsylvania ballots, for example, that are undated and other problems, the Supreme Court said you cannot count them. Pennsylvania just said yesterday, late in the day, they said we're counting them. I mean, this is this is Deadwood. It's lawlessness. It's it's crazy time, USA, because I guess for some reason, undated ballots favor Democrats. Yeah. Harry, do you, do you have a couple of minutes to talk about Atlantic City? Uh, uh, you, you How about to- I'll give you one because I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to go at 730 to these stories that we cover um, digitally. You got one minute. Go. Okay, so you had the guest on yesterday uh, talking about the problems in the minority community in Atlantic City. It's basically, she said, because they're not investing enough in those communities. You know, Harry, um, you look at the Hispanic community in Atlantic City. Um, They work. I've never seen an Hispanic panhandler. Okay. These people work their tails off. They'll do whatever job they have to do to make money to bring it home to their families. And as you know, many times making short money. Yes. And working so hard. The the problems in the African-American community are not going to be solved by throwing more money at it. They're not going to be solved by the government because the problems in the African-American community are in the home. There's a reason why young people who have decent clothes, who have a thousand dollar cell phone walking around, were raiding the stores at, at, at the outlets uh, during the Black Lives Matter. And I watched it happen. I watched young kids. You, you see the Mercedes Benz, you see the Lexus pull up to a Target, and people get out and go in and take television. They're not doing this because they're poor. They're doing this because they feel entitled to do it, because they know they're not going to be punished. Right. They know that they're just going to be let go and that crime isn't crime anymore. Uh, Criminals are good. Police are bad. It's it's all it's all busted up. It's just terrible. Andy, I know you've got a lot there, uh, but I've got to go until we meet again. We'll pick this up. We should pick this up. Uh, again real soon one open phone line 609-407-1450 when we come back my lifelong friend all the way back to chelsea little league days when tom hurley was the president of the chelsea little league at sovereign avenue in the bay i wrote a story last week please check it out on our app and on the website and look at the trash look at the the graffiti all over that the building's basically destroyed, even though it's it's almost new. Disgraceful. My father would be so, well, first of all, he would never let it happen. But it's so bad what's going on right now in Atlantic City. And all of it is preventable. November 8th, you've got a shot to, to really um, jumpstart the world's playground. I hope you take full advantage. It's up to you. You know, I can lead you to water. Uh, you should take a big drink uh, because there's an opportunity Coming up, you see how much Marty Small doesn't want it. That ought to tell you how much you should want it. We'll be back. Mayor Bassford joins the program next. 
This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. 33 minutes past the hour. Three stories that you can follow on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. This is Harry Hurley. And I knew it was going to happen. I just loved writing this piece titled The World's Most Famous Actor Graduated High School in New Jersey. You made this story go bananas yesterday. I use the term supernova viral. Atlanta County Prosecutor Will Reynolds has done it again. He gets two more bad guys, yes, from the Headshot Gang. Isn't that nice? For details. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zaro. Radar's pretty clear for now, but we are just a couple hours away from getting wet. Temperatures this morning about 10 degrees warmer than yesterday, near 60. We'll top out around 68 today. Scattered rain will sweep through from mid-morning through the afternoon. And then we'll get one final push of thunderstorms this evening before rain tapers off by midnight. Clearing skies overnight, low of 56. Back to sunshine and 70 tomorrow. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thank you. Great one. 39 minutes past the hour. Former Galloway Township mayor, current Galloway Township councilman, all-around good guy, great public servant, and a longtime friend, Tom Basford. Mayor, how are you? Morning, Harry. How you doing this good. morning? Good, real good. By the way, I know you played there. You were a pretty powerful hitter, uh, according to my long-term memory skills. Uh, isn't it devastating to see the Chelsea Little League field look like Tobacco Road? I mean, it is unbelievable. Trash spewed. There's not an inch of any building. The old concession stand where we ate dinner like every night. Uh, everything about it that used to be just amazing when nobody had any money. Now there's nothing but money, and the place, every inch of it, is graffiti covered. We had, by the way, as you know, we had dirt fields with stones. I played second base. I mean, shots would come at me. They'd hit off a stone right in your face. They have all uh, weather turf now. It's just unbelievable to see this. It had parents that did everything back then. Yep. They had to. Yep. And like you said, there's no money. The city didn't spend money on it, so we did it ourselves. So, That's right. Yeah. But Harry, I was calling uh, calling in to have basically a public service announcement for the uh, for the good people of Galway Township. As you know, we don't have a local election this year, but but as like across the country. Uh, these radical left-wing Democrats are getting involved in trying to take over our school boards. Uh, and that is exactly what we have this year in Galloway Township. I mean, the gentleman, you know, has a lot of signs up, so everybody in Galloway will know what I'm talking about. A gentleman guy named Joshua Smith. Well, Joshua Smith is not your average citizen just wanting to run for school board. Josh Smith is the president of the Galloway Democrat Club. And Josh Smith is a very, very liberal, radical guy. And, you know, that we already have one member of our school board on there that who ran against us last year in the Galloway Council election, who we defeated, thankfully, a lady named Sherry Parmeter. And now Josh Smith is trying to join her and other members on the school board and basically have the Democrat club take over the Galway school board. So it's just a, so when you see all the signs out there, Galway residents just know that Joshua Smith 
is a very outspoken, very liberal, and very you know. And he, you know, he's the one that they Jeff Andrew comes to town and has fundraisers at Smithville and so forth and other establishment. And Josh Smith and the other Democrats will go protest him at local Galway establishments in their own town out there with costumes on like little children, you know, protesting, you know, somebody they used to love. What I think is important, Mayor, about this call is regardless of all of that, is that these candidates are at the bottom of the ballot. They're not listed as Republicans or Democrats. And if you don't know, you don't know. Exactly. That's why I'm calling. Which we've got to get the word out that who this who this guy is. He's not, you know, get involved in the Galway School Board. We had decent members, it seemed like, and you know, Republicans, Democrats. You know, we never got involved in, in school board elections, but this year they have their own president running and funding them. I'm sure. Well, here, here Mayor, here's what they know. They know they can't beat you guys um, for running the town. So they see this as a stealth kind of election because nobody has to reveal who they are. That's why this is – I'm not sure I even like that these school board candidates are on the bottom of a partisan election ballot because they're not listed as Republicans or Democrats. You don't know who you're voting for. So either the whole thing should be nonpartisan or the whole thing should be run the same way because you don't know who you're voting for. But this much I do know. 60 to 65 percent of the local purpose tax in Galloway Township is school purpose tax. So if they get power, they will have a lot of power, Mayor, not to mention control of indoctrination of children. Children. Yep, exactly. That That's why I feel that's why I felt compelled to call and just let people know. I mean, if people want that on the school from the school board members, by all means, Vote for Joshua Smith. If they don't, if they're, you know, conservative thinking and, and right minded and common sense people that are going out to vote on Galway, make sure, you know, don't forget to vote for school board and do not, you know, I'm asking people do not vote for Joshua Smith. There'll be other candidates running and, and hopefully they'll have signs up soon, but. But it's very imperative. Don't don't forget about your school board members this year, Galloway. It's because it's very very important. No doubt about uh, it. And I hopefully I'll be calling in again, Harry, to keep people informed. We got time left, but but like you said, ninety nine percent of the people in Galloway will have no idea who Joshua Smith is. That he's a very political guy, very political. No, they're just going to see names at the bottom, and if they don't know, they're not. They're going to make a decision based on something else. Uh, it's very. Yeah, it's very important we get Jeff Andrew elected at the top of the ticket, but but maybe you want to start at the bottom to make sure you don't forget to vote for those school board members. You know, this year it's very very important. Do your homework and know who's running and so forth. So yeah, but I'll call in again, Harry, and, and talk about other, you know, and talk about it again before the election because it's very very important. Yep. I never felt that this way before and right did we ever think it was that important who gets elected to the school board you know 10 20 30 years ago no i mean because nobody had agendas then it didn't matter if they were democrat or republican you did the right thing for kids you did the right thing for your community now everything is political and especially with these socialist democrats they make everything uh just unbearably hyper political so mayor keep in touch and it's always good to talk to you my friend 
Definitely well, Harry. Thanks for everything. It was a great time at your dinner the other night. It was a great evening. So, Congressman Andrew, you know, a very eye-opening speech he gave. It was very, very informative for what's going on in D.C. People would be shocked. No doubt. Thank you, Mayor. Good to talk to you. Thanks, Harry. Have a good day. You do the same. 47 minutes past the hour. Hang in there. We're coming right back to your calls. Don't go away. 607, uh, I'm sorry, 609-407-1450. Phone lines are open. 609-407-1450. Hurley in the morning on South Jersey's number one, all because of you. WPG Talk Radio, 95.5. If you love South Jersey's talk station, then the WPG Talk Radio app is a must-have on your phone. Listen to all your favorite talk shows around the clock and instantly call them with just the tap of your finger. Download the Hurley in the Morning podcast. Send us your pictures and videos of breaking news and more. It's the WPG Talk Radio app, a free download from South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins this afternoon at 1. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And your calls at 609-407-1450. John Zara coming up shortly. And then we have uh, a great doctor. We have visited with him in the past, Dr. Joseph Kostick, who is the director of thoracic surgery at Deborah Hart and Lung Center. Really great doctor. And we'll be talking about uh, a profound topic, uh, to say the least, lung cancer in today's first half of the nine o'clock hour. Welcome to Hurley in the morning. You're on the air. Yes, I need to make two corrections from the other day. It's glyphosate. And also I, I confuse herbicides and pesticides. Actually, glyphosate is, is listed as a herbicide and pesticide because weeds are also a pest. So that's two corrections. But as far as um, those harmful chemicals being trapped inside the plants that we eat, the the ear of corn and the sheath of wheat and the fruit and vegetables that we eat, that's that's a that's a fact. So it's the, the Green New Dealers who want to push this agenda of how we're polluting the the uh, earth around us, how come they're not, uh, and they're also accusing us of being a bunch of racists, but now African-American genius and agriculturalists from the 19th century, George Washington Carver, came up with 300 innovations on how to replenish soil for planning for the maximum production of fruits and vegetables. Now, how come they're not, they're not uh, you know, promoting that? Because they're all talk, that's all. They're just a bunch of talking heads. <laughs> and also, uh, Huawei are building cell towers. They're buying up property. We all know they're buying up properties near to uh, nuclear bases with missile silos. They're also putting, the Huawei are putting up cell towers to uh, interfere with communication. Now, it's, they're all talking about how bad it is, but they're not doing anything to stop it. Meanwhile, they're now all of a sudden they're talking about, you know, putting a border, enforcing our border control, but they never did before. They're always up to something's no good. Now, there's also what's going on, also stratospheric, stratospheric aerosol injections. Now, that happens to be called us so savage cavemen in the conspiratorium called uh, chemtrails. Hmm. Now, in the wintertime, when you look up in the, when you look up in the stratosphere and you see that that frozen uh, streak of white behind, that's usually contrails that are frozen, but otherwise during the rest of the year, that's actually barium, strontium, and aluminum. These maniacs think they're going to block out the sun and stop global warming, but that stuff falls down into our water and our land, and uh, the, the plants and animals that we eat consume all that. You know what I mean? Now, the cow's supposed to eat grass, but they pump up the, the cow's belly with corn, which is not the natural diet for a cow. Hence, they have to shoot the uh, cow up with antibiotics or eating that too. So uh, they want to push the, new, the, the Green New Deal. Let them do it intelligently, but they won't. 
And yes, as a matter of fact, as far as I'm concerned, the smoking gun of the 2020 uh, election fraud was uh, under uh, video surveillance, short circuit camera surveillance, them bringing in duffel bags and suitcases of ballot ballots and stuffing the, ball- stuffing the ballot boxes there. That, that's your smoking gun if there ever was one. Of course, it's just one aspect of it. Yeah, but of course, they'll say it's unproven and it didn't happen and that's conspiracy stuff and you, you should go to jail if you ever they're allowed to question every election but if you question their election you, you're a criminal i mean it's it's so bad flash good stuff let me get one more call in before the end of the hour i i enjoy your calls uh you said a lot in a short period welcome to hurley in the morning you're on the air good morning mayor i'm i'm, gl- I'm so glad that your eagles are still undefeated uh and the cowboys are have to play them in Philly. This is going to be great. Uh, probably something that you didn't notice um, with the Cowboys' defense. Well, most people are just noticing Lawrence and Micah Parsons bringing a rush. But really, what's getting ready to take place is that you don't know who the guy is going to be because they're running a lot of stunts. So it could be any given man that's going to be the main guy. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna bring it to Dak Press uh, to to um, to Jalen Hurts. They're really gonna they're gonna try to bring it to him. Now the difference, though, he is extremely talented and elusive. So if you bring the rush and he's able to defeat the rush, uh, Dallas will have to mix up, you know, change up on what they're doing because it's one thing if you have like a pocket passer. And you can throw that rush at them and and take them down, uh, but that, uh, but I don't know why I keep saying Dak Prescott, who by the way looks like he will not play. He is starting to throw, so the backup quarterback who's four and zero, and this is the Sunday night game by the way. Uh, I like the Eagles, but the Dallas Cowboys are very capable of winning that game. Now, look, they let a, a, a bad news guy go. His name was Gregory. He had uh, substance abuse, and he was catching a lot of personal fouls. And the last time that they played the Eagles, they really frustrated Hurts. He couldn't do anything. Time out, time out. You got to look at this very differently. Jalen Hurts is a completely different quarterback this year than he was last year. There's no correlation no analogy can be drawn. Now, I don't know what's going to happen. And the Dallas defense is excellent, and maybe they'll do something that no other team's been able to do. They'll put so much heat on him that they'll make him look like last year again. But Hurts is not that same quarterback. I don't know how he did it. I guess a lot of hard work. He improved dramatically in the past year. If the Cowboys don't have to score a lot of points. The only thing they have to do is shut your running game down and keep well, the Eagles' running game went over 200 yards against the league's number one run defense. I don't think that Dallas is necessarily going to be able to stop Sanders and the Eagles running, including Hertz, who I'm going to predict is going to run for at least 80 yards against Dallas. Yeah, probably in two plays in that. That'll yeah, be it. but this will be a good game. All right, I got you. Got a little little things you're zinging in there. Uh, I still like the Eagles in the game. But I'm showing Dallas respect. I think Dallas is a better team with Cooper Rush than they are with Dak Prescott. I can't wait till they have to fight over that. No, you know what? I've been waiting for you to say that. I wanted to tell you, uh, Prescott is a more mobile quarterback just like Hurts is. He can take off and run like Hurts. 
you know, where... where well, the Eagles can get at him, though, too. I mean, he is capable of taking off, but the Eagles are also capable of getting at him. My comment is, I think the team is better with Cooper Rush than they are with Dak Prescott. I think Jerry Jones also believes that because I don't know him, but I know his style. He brought that up because he wanted to. We've got to go. PGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. It's halftime. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is five minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. Smart Law with John Zarek begins right here right now. John Zarek is the official, the exclusive lead counsel for criminal defense legal matters for the Hurley in the Morning program. And his, the law offices of John Zarek, focuses their efforts on criminal defense law. Their goal is to provide you and yours. That means the entire family. You're in this together with the very best legal defense. You can reach John at 609 641-2266, Visit them on the web at johnzarek.com, Z-A-R-Y-C-H, johnzarek.com. Counselor, welcome to Smart Law with John Zarek. Have you heard of him? Have you heard of the program? Uh, some guy. Yes, right? some guy who does some stuff. <laughs> you know, um, Reminds me, I, I was on the McCain campaign, two campaigns actually, and, uh, New Hampshire, South Carolina, Florida, and, and, um, then in the 2008 campaign, other states too. And, um, my, you know, my job was security. So it was, uh, essentially the job was, Senator McCain, he didn't really didn't work, uh, you know, like he'd already been there. You know, that wasn't his thing. What he worried about and what everyone worried about, um, my my job was make sure he doesn't trip on the wires, slip on the ice, fall down the steps or fall off the stage. That was really, that's what everyone worried about. If you got a bad... Um, if you got a bad uh, video of that, it would, as, as has happened with many presidential candidates, you would drop the uh, drop in the polls. You know, ten points, twelve points, disastrous. You know, it's it's almost the end. And I think it, I I don't know if anyone ever survived that kind of um, bad video. You know, so um, and also if if people get hurt at the events that's um i guess fights are okay but if people actually if there's if there's a, a situation where because of the people around the candidate someone yep. gets hurt and john as we know uh and we know what happened in the election of 2020 i'm just going to call out names the hillary campaign they sent people to trump rallies to fight then they, the media would cover that there are fights at trump rallies 
because yeah. you and I were both at one. I felt like it was the safest street in America. I never felt, I mean, not a tinge of any, any threat of any kind. And you and I were together there for whatever it was, 10 hours that day, nonstop. Uh, this is how they get away with that as well. It's not to say it doesn't happen, but it also can happen with dirty tricks. Yeah, sure. When you mentioned Guy, you used the, the term Guy, you know this guy. It, it reminded me of the of the McCain campaign. And I, as I said, you know, it was uh, we we worried about a lot of stuff. It really was not people say, well, that's fun, isn't it? And no, it's not, because um, really, <laughs> it's not. Uh, it's fun when it's over. I mean, it's great when it's over, but um it's it's kind of situation where you are president and you're watching the whole campaign roll you know like a a presidential campaign really moves fast um and there's a lot of stuff to do in between and um you know people would say people would say afterwards they'll say now what'd you do on the on the campaign and i said uh I was a guy, you know, <laughs> I was that guy over there. You know, that's really, that's really, but I was a dependable guy. I will say that. Well, I know you did everything from drive the family to shovel snow uh, so that events could take place. You did what you had to do. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was for um, an adrenaline oriented person, you know, someone who functions well in a crisis situation, uh, not necessarily in normal life, but in a crisis situation, it's just the perfect place to be. You know, it's just really um, adrenaline on a on a constant basis. Because, as I said, you know, a lot of things a lot of things happened that. Um, in fact, a lot of things happened that Senator McCain and I laughed about later on. You know, it it's, wasn't necessarily funny at the time, but later on, for example, we were in. Columbia, South Carolina. My uh, boss at that time was a guy named Lanny Wiles, who's, uh, you know, a, a, a Washington guy, uh, former Navy guy, and just absolutely dedicated to Senator McCain. And he was the guy that made, coordinated everything that happened. You know, he made sure the speakers were there. He made sure the transportation was there. He made sure the people were there to to take care of the senator and Mrs. McCain and the kids and there was uh so we were at the end of a stage you know there was a, a kind of a mid-side stage it was outside and uh, near the capitol and we were the plan was Senator McCain would be walking up and down the stage and the crowd would be, we're looking at him and the crowd would be to our left, you know, to our front left. And the the plan was to, for him to finish his speech, um, walk down to us and then we would take him through the crowd. You know, we'd, we'd be on either side of him to keep make sure he didn't get crunched or anything. Um, and then, you know, that was that was the way it was supposed to be. So um, what happened was he, he finished the speech, and Senator McCain would get pretty excited. You know, he would get um, 
I, I guess he, I guess you could also say a little manic. You know, like he was he was just, he loved people so much. He loved to be with people so much, and he loved the country so much that when he started talking about patriotism and defense and valor and things like that, uh, and he had this crowd of people who, you know, were just, it was, the McCain crowd was a good crowd. They really, really loved him. And they loved the country, you know, the, the people, you know, the hard left and the, you know, the woke people weren't going to show up at all. You know, these were people that were his kind of people. And um, he'd get a little excited. And what, what, so this one, this time, uh, we're waiting for him to walk back to us. He finished the speech. And he was so wound up that he actually jumped off the stage. Now, the stage was about four feet high. Wow. Um, and a lot of people think... You know, well, he'd been through the war. He's got problems. He had no problems with his legs. You know, he he could walk 20 miles um, on a dime. You know, that he would just, he, he had endless energy. In fact, that's how he kind of rehabilitated by doing that. He couldn't, his arms weren't very good, but, but man, he, he had strong legs. And he, he that, could, he was doing rock star, John. He, uh, that's what rock stars do. They jump off the stage. Like a like a uh, like they're flying. Let's get our first break in, John. We're going to come right back. You're listening to Smart Law with John Zarek. I am with John. Respectfully yours. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio ninety five point five FM and fourteen fifty AM. Download every Hurley in the Morning program as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is 19 minutes past the hour. I just learned during the break that Mattress Mac is at it again. He has placed a $10 million bet that the Houston Astros are going to win the World Series. I'm not sure. He may have made the bet before the season even began. Now, they're always in, in, the, in the hunt, so it's not like the boldest prediction in the world, but... Uh, he, he bets big money on big sports events. It is Smart Law with John Zarek. Counselor, time is yours. Yes, Harry, I was uh, talking about the Senator McCain in South Carolina. It was Columbia, South Carolina, actually. And uh, so instead of following the plan, which he sometimes didn't do, he often didn't do, he was uh, a little wound up, so he jumped off the stage. And um, I, uh, uh, Manny, I, again, that's my boss. <laughs> he, was, he said, uh, I don't know. We, well, he said, uh, I don't know if we can we can use the word he said, but he said, uh, he said. Damn, he had another another okay. Okay. word in front of it. He said, "What's he doing?" <laughs> so of course we started. So the crowd, of course, um, was very enthusiastic. He walked into the middle of the crowd, and of course the crowd caved in on him. You know, like he was he was scrunched. So um, which didn't bother him at all. But so we started making our way through the crowd. I was. You know, I took a, 
a, a track where I got there first. Lanny was somewhat behind me. And um, so as I was approaching him, I was approaching him from the back. He, uh, he looked around and he saw me and he had this, I mean, you don't see him afraid much, but he had this, you know, he was struck with fear, you know, and I, 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 you know, just never saw that before. And I was, you know, of course, really worried and I couldn't see anything. I mean, he was getting, people were around them, but they weren't, you know, it didn't seem like they were crushing him. And when I got about, you know, five feet away, he turned, as I said, he turned around had this look of fear on his face. And he said, John, help me with this little girl, you know? And I thought, oh my God, you know, like what's wrong? You know, how bad is it? And he couldn't, um, um, I, I, I said to him, hold, hold her as high as you can and I'll, I'll get her. So I actually reached, he, he could only go up to, you know, shoulder height and he had the little girl, um, by the, by the waist and had her about face to face with him. And I reached over the back of him and just stood her straight up in the air over my head as, you know, well above the crowd and then just walked her, um, out to the edge. And, um, of course he continued getting, getting swarmed by the crowd, but, you know, the little Lanny was, was coming on the scene any second and the little girl was, uh, so I walked her out to the crowd. It was, it was easy to see her mother. Her mother was out there just crying like crazy. Apparently the little girl had run through the crowd just at the wrong moment wow. and gotten to the point where, where he was. So, um, you know, I, I delivered the little girl to her mother <clears throat> and it was, the mother was, you know, really bawling uncontrollably and, uh, you know, but everything was okay. So, um, you know, um, we, we would, it all worked out well, so it was, it was fine, but, you know, we, um, we would mention that or, or sometimes if a little kid was around, I'd look at him and he'd look at me. If there was a crowd and there was a little kid close by, I'd look at him and like, and we look at each other like, yeah, be careful about this one, you know? So it was, uh, um, satisfying to get through those situations with no one hurt and so we never and in all the time both campaigns um he never left his feet you know he never fell down he never and there's a lot of stuff to trip on you know light stanchions all over the place and and um wires all over the place and so of course we would as you see sometimes we'd tape wires and and make sure that was right. But what I would do, we typically had a lot of, lot of volunteers, a lot of kids would show up from any place. And, um, I would have them stand on the end of the light stanchion, the foot of the light stanchion, not just around it, stand on it, you know, stand on the very end. And then nobody can, can trip on that. You know, the, the, the path would be in front of the uh, volunteer or between the volunteers. So, it was uh, it was interesting, and and the, the the one thing that was amazing that I would uh, 
you know, there were get-togethers like parties, cocktail parties, or, you know, in various cities or little fundraising gatherings and stuff. And uh, so I would see, you know, you'd run into people that were, you know, fairly famous. I mean, I remember, you know, who would be, they wanted to hear about this stuff. They just love, um, they're not, they've never been on a campaign necessarily. And, uh, and they, they just want to know what happened. It, it was surprising to me. I mean, what happens basically is not very, not very exciting. You know, you get, you know, you go someplace, he gets on a stage, he gives a speech, he meets some people and goes to another place and does the same thing. You know, like it's, it's, it's not, um, you know, it's not a new ball game every time you move and, you know, a campaign moves a lot. But people are so, you know, they're, they're often fascinated with that and they want, they love to get details and, and people who are very significant people, you know, um, I mean, one that uh, stands out, uh, I, he invited me, he got uh, national, and this is after the campaigns were over, he invited me to, he got a National Defense Medal Award from the Institute for Study of War. Uh, General Jack Kane, you see him on television a lot, he's active in it, Petraeus is active in it, and um and the director at that time was Kimberly Kagan, and I guess she was about, maybe she was 38, 39. I mean, she's a very delightful young woman. Um, but she essentially put together the, the surge that the, the totally successful surge in Iraq with, uh, General Petraeus. You know, they wow. planned it out and executed it. She's really a genius on what you need, where you need it, how you need it, timing of execution. I mean, she's... she's John, that's well-documented. It's one of the greatest strategies in military history. Incredibly successful. Yeah. So we... um, So I got an invitation to this thing, and I I actually called called, uh, ISW, and I said, you know, are you sure about this? You know, like, cause I, cause it's, it's a closed, um, confidential, um, non-disclosure type gathering. You know, you, you have to commit not to speak about what you hear. It's like a, I don't know, I guess it, you'd say it was like a special warfare, um, convention in a way. So, uh, no, they said no. Senator McCain invited you, and you can bring a guest too. So I thought I took my oldest daughter Amy, uh, and uh, it was in D.C. We went and we went in, and and Kimberly Kagan said, "Well, you know, oh, it's so nice to meet you." She came up and she said, um, "Senator McCain has uh, told me about you. You have to tell me some things about the campaign." And <laughs> It was, I, I, I was looking, is this right here? <laughs> but, you know, like she had planned and executed uh, with Petraeus the, the surge, but she was 
she had question after question about the campaign. What'd you do about that? And what happened then? And then well, that intellectually curious people, that's why they're so smart. This is fascinating, John. Please continue right after the halftime break. It's 30 minutes past the hour. You're listening to Smart Law with John Zarek. I am early in the morning. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5 South Jersey's number one news talk radio station, all because of you. And we know it. And I have three stories that you can follow right now on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Powered by the all-new Bet Parks New Jersey Casino and Sportsbook app. BetParks.com. This is the Town Square New Jersey Info and Weather Network. So I knew when I wrote this one it was going to do very, very good business, and it did. And it's still, still doing great. The world's most famous actor is a graduate of a high school in New Jersey. Check it out. So I just think it's a good read. Atlanta County Prosecutor Will Reynolds has done it again. He's gotten two more bad guys from the Headshot Gang. How about that disgusting name? And the Salem witch trials we all learned about in grade school, they're famous, were their New Jersey witch trials. We report, you decide. We've got the stories. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Our one and only wet day of the week here. Scattered rain will arrive later this morning, setting the scene for a damp and dreary day. The later it gets this afternoon and especially this evening, the better the chance for some downpours and rumbles of thunder. Mostly cloudy, increasingly breezy, high temperature settles around 68. One last push of storms this evening, then clearing skies, low 56, sunny and 70 tomorrow. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Free. Early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And on the WPG Talk Radio app. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. For complete contest rules, visit WPGTalkRadio.com. We're back. It is 37 minutes past the hour. John Zarek continues with Smart Law with John Zarek. Hey, John. Yes, Harry. So, uh, yeah, people uh, people like campaign stuff. If I mean, if you're in the middle of it, um, I, it's it's the same job. Uh, give a speech, um, set up, give a speech, go someplace else. But um, people are fascinated by the idea of a campaign, and they're they're often fascinated. I think because they think it literally involves thousands and thousands of people um, on the job, and it doesn't. It's a very small core of people that moves. And, you, and John, you got to live th- history because, for example, when McCain won New Hampshire, that just shook the whole campaign, you know, to its core. And then that's when, if I remember correctly, I think South Carolina may have been next, and it got really rough and tumble the George W. Bush campaign came at McCain very, very hard after New Hampshire. You got to live through all that. Yeah, I did. And uh, it was it was quite an experience. I mean, quite an understanding of politics, of of people. Politics is people. I mean, that's that's what it is. And, And you saw also how momentum in electoral politics works. Sure, sure. Um it was um it, it was really yeah it was an education it was a fantastic education i mean but it was um i guess you could say it was stressful uh 
it was uh, very high adrenaline because you know you're you're in a situation where the thought comes from time to time where the whole com- cam- campaign let's say you had a bad incident at at an event you know you had somebody who um really got hurt or you know the senator fell and was on a video that was played over and over again by the news cycle and the opposition and so forth. Um, you know, if if that happened, you know, it could be the end of the campaign. So yeah. you're, you're in a situation where right in front of your eyes, uh, at any moment, the campaign could evaporate. And, 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 John, that's why I remember talking to you about this uh, a year or two ago when New Hampshire, I mean, and obviously it's at a time of year where it's snowing and all kinds of stuff, you would make sure the snow was was shoveled because McCain getting out of the car, you could easily, anybody, could, the first thing you do sometimes when you step out is you, you can lose your balance and you can fall. And then there's that optic and they're already we're asking for thousands of pages of medical records and all of this because of the melanoma and some of the other things. So the 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 difference between looking vibrant or falling off of your bicycle and it being on film or slipping on the snow or tripping down something, you you always felt that pressure, didn't you? Always, always, yeah. every minute. So. I would. Um and you would think you would you would think that and and the snow in New Hampshire provided lots of lots of excitement lots lots of focus uh you know we had a we had uh, one situation and i I haven't been charged with this, so I think it's okay <laughs> I think I'm we're going to say statute of limitations is up, and you can call the law offices of Hurley and Dewey Cheatham and Howe. We'll represent you, John. I think you're safe. Yeah, we were in Portsmouth on the waterfront, and it was a big, big snow. And when I arrived there, there was supposed to be some preparation already. But when I got there, just ahead of the senator, there was obviously not a lot of preparation. The stage was up, but uh, the path from any place you could get a car, which was pretty, pretty far, it was in the middle of a field, and and it passed from anywhere you could get a car to the stage was i don't know two feet of snow something like that it was just impossible and you had the senator you had um senator fred thompson was traveling was at the time um um lindsey graham um mark sanford and uh, and then various other people would mix mix in um and 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 some local people and New Hampshire people. So all these people had to get from here to there. So and they were arriving in you know ten minutes. It was it was not a good scene. Um, so I there were some you know volunteer kids around, and I I said to them, I said, you see that garage over there? And it was just some home, you know, and. And I, I figured I could make up for it later in some way if there was a problem. But I said, just go over there, go into that garage and get any shovels, icebreakers, you know, brooms, anything you can get. And don't worry, it, 
you know, on my authority. Actually, I had no authority. (laughs) (laughs) On my authority. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I had no authority. And you recanted it. (laughs) That's hysterical. I'm a guy. guy, You're the guy. Yeah. (laughs) Who gave you? That guy. Yeah. Some guy. So we, you know, so the kids were, you know, they liked it. They liked that stuff. You know, young people loved that kind of excitement. You know, they knew what was going on. So they ran over, ran back with the stuff, and <clears throat> and everybody, myself included, started shoveling, pushing, sweeping, um, you know, chopping, and uh, we hacked out a, a walkway between between the uh, uh, the the place where the where the vehicles would come and and the stage. So that was good, and then. We had, um, and this happened from time to time because you have some t- times people are drinking or they're just kind of belligerent. They don't, they've never been in a situation like that. They're maybe not bad people, but their attitude for any, against any challenge is to be a tough guy. You know, there are a lot of people that are like that, that it's, you know, that's, that's what helps them survive on their job or in their neighborhood or whatever. So, we had these three, three guys, and they were big guys, and they were kind of um, <clears throat> aggressive. And, you know, it's I, luckily I had it. John, hold the aggressive guys for the other side of the break. That way we'll have about 10 minutes when we come back. Coming up after John Zarek, we have Dr. Joseph Kostick. Dr. Kostick is a, a cardiothoracic surgeon. He's actually the director of thoracic surgery at Deborah Hart and Lung Center. Very important topic coming up for the first half of the next hour, lung cancer. Very serious stuff. We'll be back with John. This is Hurley in the Morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Brian Kilmeade is next at 10. Now, back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is Smart Law with John Zarek, Hurley in the Morning, tell a friend. Weekday mornings, that's all we ask. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one news talk radio station, all because of you. Thank you for that. And coming up right after John, really great doctor from Deborah Hart Lung Center, Dr. Joseph Kostick. Dr. Kostick is a cardiothoracic surgeon and actually the director of thoracic surgery at DeBoer Heart and Lung Center. And the topic the next half hour really doesn't get much more serious is lung cancer. And we'll be doing that with Dr. Kostick coming up right after John. John, you were just about to talk about some rough guys. Time is yours. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. So, um, so the kids went and stole the shovels. And, of course, we returned the stuff. But still... You know, a little, a little hairy, I guess, but you know, something had to be done. So, um, we, we, with a minute to spare, the, the vehicles are coming up into the parking area, which is quite a ways away through the snow. We have the path cleared, uh, not a big path, but we had a path cleared. So that was, that problem was averted and, um, everything was cool. Uh, so I went to the, parking area where the vehicles were coming in and because I was going to walk close to the senator, you know, uh, when that was, when he was coming in. So, um, again, you know, make sure his feet didn't go out from under him, 
walking on the snow and ice, which was there. Yeah. So we, um, we, uh, and a kid runs up to me and says, uh, look, um, John, uh, we got these three guys that are standing in the path and they won't move. Mm. I said, okay. So, so I went, you know, ran, ran back there. It was like closer to the stage and, uh, Sure enough, these three beefy guys are there. <laughs> you know, they're they're um, you know they were they were they had that air of aggression about them. You know, they they obviously were there to support Senator McCain, but you know they had never seen anything like this before. They were, you know, they were kind of didn't know how to act, and so the default for a lot of people is, is act like a tough guy. That's you know that that's what works for a lot of people uh, in in certain environments. So so that's what they were. So they're standing there and uh, um, they saw me come and I had, you know, I had a suit. I looked at, I had a campaign button on. I mean, I looked official. So I walked up and they're, you know, they're ready. They're, they're ready, got their arms folded. They're not going any place, you know, that that was their their air. So, um, you know, there are two, two ways you can deal with this kind of situation. Uh, bribery is good. <laughs> you know, that, that works. And incorporating them, you know, getting them to help you in some task. So I, I, said, I said to the guys, uh, you know, quite seriously, you know, like I didn't smile at all or anything. I said, guys, look. Uh, the senator and a lot of people are going to be coming down this path. If you're standing here when he gets here, it's going to be a really bad day. That's, you know, that's all I said. And uh, I said, but if you guys will stand over here on the side, help me keep this crowd back, you know, because we don't want anybody hurt, and you help me keep this crowd back, then what's going to happen is, it's going to be the best day of your life. You're going to meet the senator. You're going to get a pic, a photo with the senator, and they had their cameras, their you know, the cameras there. I said you're going to get a photo with the senator, and uh, you'll never forget this. So what do you say, guys? Can you help me out? And they said, Oh yes, sir, we'll help you out. You know, they were they were they were thrilled, you know, that they were going to be part of something. You, you so, did a little conflict resolution there, my friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had this routine down because this was a, a technique we had used before, you know, So and, and used a lot after. And we had the technique down. So then I was standing there in the past. So Senator McCain comes up. He was in the lead, and he comes up, and he's the, the three guys are there on the side. And I said, um, I stopped him just a second. I said, Senator, we have some very special friends here, <laughs> which is the signal is we've got these nuts yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I just bribed with a picture. And he said, oh, yeah. And he immediately stood right in front of them. I had their camera already. You know, I had the ca- held the camera up when, when he, he came. I had the camera, stood at the side, click, 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 took, the, took uh, a few photos. And uh, I handed it to the guys. I said, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, guys, for everything you're doing, you know, in front of the senator. And then we moved on. <laughs> they were 
beaming. You know, they were the happiest guys in the world. And not only that, I asked them, our next stop is Concord or wherever we were going. Um, you know, do you think guys think you could show up and help us out? Yeah, we'll be there, you know. And they were like, uh, not only no trouble, they were a tremendous help. So um, it, remi- it reminds me of uh, I, I was able to take my uh, goddaughter, who was at Florida State, I think, at the time, uh, who was clerking for me in the summer to see uh, Colin Powell in Philadelphia. And um, it was a pretty small, it was at the Philadelphia Library. It was a ticket thing, and we were able to, I was able to get tickets and and see him speak. And um, so we sat as close to the front as we could get. And, um, you know, she was, of course, starry eyed. I, you know, I, I was a, Pressed with him also, and uh, it was a pretty electric scene. And he he gave a talk about a lot of a lot of interesting stuff. And then when he uh, it wasn't a campaign type talk; it was just a talk. And then there were questions at the end. So I I raised my hand. Um, he called on me, and I said, for the benefit of my goddaughter, what. Um, you know, uh, General, what would you advice would you give, John? Just for your fi- your planning, final fifty seconds. Okay, for a young person starting out, and he said, "Take your enemies." He said, "That's easy. The best advice is this: take your enemies and make them friends, because you never know when you'll need them." And then he told the story about. Um, you know, the French ambassador, uh, Fred de Villapin, driving him crazy, continuously blocking everything the United States did. But he maintained a cordial relationship, went out to dinner, um, friendly. And then when he needed uh, Fred de Villapin for something, he was able to call him and get the job done. So, um, you know, you, you always want to be... Um, Take, take your enemies like like these three guys were potential enemies, certainly. Hey, John, we're going to have to continue this. We're at the finish line. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. Dr. Joe. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome back. Six minutes past the hour. Very pleased to welcome back Dr. Joseph Kostick. We've had great interviews together in the past, and I can promise you today will be no exception. Let me just tell you a little bit about Dr. Kostick, and then we'll get right into our important topic. doesn't get much more serious than today's topic. On Deborah Heart and Lung Center presents Dr. Joseph Kostick, who is a very talented cardiothoracic surgeon and the director of the Thoracic Surgery 
uh, department at Deborah Heart and Lung Center. Dr. Joseph Kostick is a cardiothoracic surgeon, board certified in general surgery and thoracic and cardiac surgery. Dr. Kostick earned his medical degree at New York College of Osteopathic Medicine. After medical school, he completed a residency in general surgery at Michigan Osteopathic Medical Center. He also completed a fellowship in cardiothoracic surgery at Deborah Heart and Lung Center in Browns Mills, New Jersey. Dr. Kostick's special interests include cardiothoracic surgery, no surprise, minimally invasive thoracic surgery, and he has authored numerous articles in peer-reviewed medical journals. Our topic today on Deborah Heart and Lung Center presents Dr. Kostick is lung cancer. Dr. Kostick, welcome back, sir. Good morning, Harry. Thank you for having me back on your program. Oh, it's a pleasure. Good to be with you. Uh, And let's get right into it. What is lung cancer? You know, before we get started, Harry, when I was preparing for this segment, I noticed that we both started our respective careers on the same date. How about that? And I wanted, I wanted to congratulate you for over 31 years in broadcast journalism and really commend you for all the charity work you've done over the years. It's amazing. Oh, that is so kind. Thank you for uh, taking a moment to, to do that. It means a lot to me, and uh, my congratulations to you. So we know on our anniversary date that we celebrate that forever together and that's uh yes, we that, do. that's very neat and as you know and i told this to you last time this topic is very important to me it's personally very important to me because i lost both my parents at a very early age uh to lung cancer so i've paid a lot of attention to this topic for my entire life so this means a lot to me the time that we're going to spend together and uh time is yours let me um restate the question what is lung cancer? You know, cancer in general refers to the development of, of abnormal cells, and these cells grow and divide uncontrollably. They also have the ability to infiltrate, that is to say, to grow into and destroy normal body tissues as well as spread to the other parts of the body. And when this occurs in the lung, that's when we refer to it as lung cancer. What are the symptoms of lung cancer? You know, this is one of the problems where we as clinicians have difficulties in treating lung cancers because there are often very few signs or symptoms that we can attribute to this disease, oftentimes allowing these tumors to grow somewhat large in size. But when people do have symptoms, the more common ones are an unexplained cough, some shortness of breath, some unexplained chest pain, and any time we see blood in the sputum, we are always concerned about cancer. Now, symptom-wise... A lot of times the symptoms happen when it's late stage as well, right? That is very true. That's, that's part of the problem we have as clinicians in treating this disease. So having success with lung cancer almost means an accidental finding. Maybe you had some imaging or something on, who knows, a gastro thing or something. And, oh, look at this. Look at this thing we see. That, that's your best shot almost of catching it in an early stage, isn't it? We, we almost see a lot of incidental findings when people come into emergency rooms. You know, it's very common to get a CAT scan for something. And un- unfortunately, on these scans, then we start to see some of the early signs of lung cancer. And we can take care of these people a little bit earlier. But you're correct. A lot of it is just incidental in nature. Now, if you catch lung cancer in an early stage, is it curable? Is it treatable? Uh, early stage you have a fighting chance, don't you? That's absolutely true. Although the diagnosis of any type of cancer, in particular lung cancer, can be devastating for someone, we understand that. 
it is by no means a death sentence. Uh, you know, we are continuing to make strides in the treatment of this disease. Many treatments uh, options are available for us, including surgery, chemotherapy, radiation therapy, and, and two newer areas, um, one of which allows our own immune system to help fight the cancer cells. Uh, so we have exciting new areas in, in the treatment. And with any cancer, obviously, the earlier stage you get it, the better success rate you have. You are listening to Dr. Joseph Kostick from Deborah Heart Lung Center, a very talented cardiothoracic surgeon, and in fact is the director of the thoracic surgery uh, department division at Deborah Heart and Lung Center. The topic this half hour on Deborah Heart and Lung Center presents Dr. Kostick is lung cancer. What are the risk factors of lung cancer? When we look at the epidemiology, that is to say the risk factors that, that cause something, these are for lung cancer primarily environmental in nature. Smoking, radon, which is an odorless and colorless gas that is found in uh, ground sources, asbestos, radioactive ores, and believe it or not, even the radiation from x-rays that we're currently giving our patients can cause cancer in the future. Yeah, that's where you measure... Uh the cure versus the disease, right? Because you want to take an image, uh, but maybe that doesn't find anything wrong. But if you do too many of the images, you could create a problem that wouldn't have existed. Kind of a conundrum, isn't it? That's absolutely correct. We're, we're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. But in cases like that, you can do imaging non-contrast and you you minimize the potential for some of that, right? And we've even adjusted the way we do one of our, our main techniques, and that's called a CAT scan, um, to what we refer to now as a low-dose CAT scan or a screening CAT scan, which uses less radiation than a standard one would. So we are tailoring our techniques to help prevent some of the problems we could be causing in the future. When you do a topic like lung cancer, there's no throwaway questions. I mean, everyone is is so serious so significant i think this is one of the most important though so you take whatever time you need dr costic what are the stages explain the stages of lung cancer well clinicians always try and break down in every cancer uh into stages and when we look at lung cancer we're no different uh the stages that we refer to for lung cancer are generally stage one through stage four and these look at where the lung cancer cells are located what is the size of the tumor, and if or where the cancer has spread. So stage one is generally where the cancer is found in the lung but not out, spread outside of it. And this can go all the way up to stage four, where we know that the cancer is either spread to both lungs, in the area surrounding the lung, or even other parts of the body. And the various stages in between are combinations thereof of how far or how large the tumor has gotten. Dr. Kostick, explain the link between lung cancer and smoking. I know we talked about this last time we were on, that yep. both of our parents smoked. Yep. Um, it was quite common back in the day, and, and in fact, advertising was geared towards it. We know that from CDC studies that smoking is linked to between 80 and 90% of lung cancer cases in the United States. Wow. Uh, a very dramatic relationship. Uh, cigarette smoke uh, contains a toxic mix of many chemicals, many of them have been identified as carcinogenic, that is to say cancer-causing. When these compounds uh, from cigarette smoke are inhaled into the lung, it can affect those cells in several ways. It can directly damage the DNA, 
It can cause inflammation and irritation and can actually fight the uh, body's own ability to fight these cancer cells. So it's, it's strongly linked to lung cancer. We only take one break during Deborah Hart Lung Center Presents, and it is right here and now. We'll be right back in just a little bit, and I'll put the question out onto the floor, and we'll come right back to it when we return with Dr. Joseph Kostick, cardiothoracic surgeon and the director of the thoracic surgery program at Deborah Hart Lung Center, and today's topic, lung cancer. I'm a huge believer that secondhand smoke is a really big deal. I know people, and I, I talk to them, that think that, come on, you're not smoking it. You know, it's just around. I don't, you know, and there are people that don't believe. So we're going to talk about can secondhand smoking place you at risk for getting lung cancer and how significant is secondhand smoke with Dr. Kostick. I am her in the morning. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one news talk radio station. All because of you, and thank you for that. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins. Models suggest that though the world is currently in a warming trend, small-scale war, nuclear variety, could lower the global temperatures two and a half degrees following the war. Now, why would that be? Well, because the sun can't break through. I mean, well, everything else will be gone, but hey, the planet will be much cooler now. Good luck to you. <laughs> so- Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins. Weekday afternoons at 1 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Enjoy. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me today at 3, but now back to Hurley in the Morning, right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. Thank you very much, and welcome back. 22 minutes past the hour. Let's make it count. We have Dr. Kostick until about 35 minutes past the hour. The topic on Deborah Hart Lung Center presents the talented cardiothoracic surgeon and the director of the thoracic surgery program at Deborah Hart Lung Center, Dr. Joseph Kostick. And you can tell just by the uh, first half of the program, very listenable, very relatable and important content that Dr. Kostick has been presenting. We left a cliffhanger right before the break and it is relative to secondhand smoking. Can secondhand smoking make you, I know it's Captain Obvious stuff, can it make you at risk for lung cancer, Dr. Kostick? Boy, that's an extremely good question, and you're absolutely correct. We have easily documented that secondhand smoke can be just as dangerous as actual smoking when it comes to lung cancer. When we expose a non-smoker to significant secondhand smoke, the risk of developing lung cancer is increased by 20 to 30 percent. When you look at the total number of people that die from lung cancer every year, that's going to be about 7,500 people a year that will die because of secondhand lung smoke. So people that say that secondhand smoke is a joke, uh, the joke's on them because it's no joke at all. It's It can be deadly serious. We are still inhaling the same cancer-causing agents as the smokers are when it comes to secondhand smoke, unfortunately. When we see things like mesothelioma and somebody may have you know worked on asbestos pipes or been around something like that, and it's if this is not correct, correct me, but I'll just say it as a lay person. It can stay dormant and you're seemingly symptom free could be for decades. I've heard as many as 40 or more years, but then all of a sudden it, it can it can trigger. What is that all about? Why, how does something just unleash like that? You know, it, the cancer can remain indolent or silent for a 
uh, quite a long time period and then all of a sudden evolve. And that may be because our own health as we get older, um, our own immune system tends to weaken slightly. And while it was keeping these cancer cells at bay um, due to other illnesses and other problems or, or just the process of aging, we no longer can control that and it, and it starts to grow and spread on its own. But it all stems from the injury that happened oftentimes many years before. This is one that I, I know we're learning more and more about. Just my own instincts told me uh, a very dear friend, he has since passed, very dear friend walked in my studio one day and something was in his mouth and it was glowing at the end. And I could tell it wasn't really a cigarette, but then all of a sudden this just white cloud of smoke. I said, whoa, I said, what is that? He said, this is an e-cigarette. He said, and here's the great news. It doesn't cause any harm at all. I said, well, listen, I'm just a layperson. I said, but you're inhaling something that's been burned to create vapor and to, to smoke or whatever this is. I, I, I know it can't be good. It, can, it cannot be good. Do, do, do we know yet? I know we've heard of popcorn lung and these different things and even young people. I know one that wound up on a, um, a, 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 on a ventilator for a period of time with, with lung damage from vaping, as they call it. Do we know if e-cigarettes cause cancer yet? You know, while e-cigarettes seem to be less harmful just by the way they, they look and they act and, and, you know, you're not actually smoking, uh, they appear to be less hazardous, but that, that may not be the case. Um, we don't know a lot about them yet. They've only been around for a short period of time in the world of, of healthcare. Um, so we don't have a lot of studies based on them. Several small animal studies, though, have shown they may actually stimulate cancer growth. And, and that's mainly because of some of the th things contained within the aerosol in the device. Things like formaldehyde, believe it or not. Crazy. Um, the flavoring of the chemicals that are put in there. Um, all our irritants are all abnormal things that are getting inhaled into the lung. You know, and currently the FDA does not require testing of any of these substances. So I, I don't have an answer for you, but my intuition is that they still are not good. Yeah, that's my intuition too. I mean, I'm, you inhale it, how can it be good? I mean, it's got chemicals. It just, I, I think we're going to find that they're very, very bad. And I think we're already finding that, that, that there's something quite negative about it. Uh, and, and, and of course, the people that have dealt with the, the lung damage from it. Uh, how about smokeless tobacco? What can you tell us about that, doctor? You know, that trades one problem for another, unfortunately. Instead of getting lung cancer, we've seen cancers of the mouth, the tongue, the cheek, the gums, Oof. as well as our food tube, the esophagus and pancreas. Uh, these have all been linked to smokeless tobacco, not only the, the oral and tooth problems that have been shown. Um, smokeless tobacco may actually increase the risk of heart disease and stroke, believe it or not. Wow. Now, this is also very important. How is lung cancer diagnosed? Part two, how is lung cancer treated? You know, the, the diagnosis of lung cancer, again, our lungs are protected by our bony rib cage and then by the muscles of the chest. So we can't see or feel these spots initially. So we rely on an x-ray approach, either by routine chest x-ray or by the technique we mentioned earlier, CAT scanning, in which the body is sliced up like a loaf of bread and we look at all the individual slices on an x-ray machine 
And then depending on if we can make a diagnosis, the treatment really has um, improved in the last 10 years. There are many options for us, including surgery, traditional chemotherapy, radiation therapy, and now immunotherapy. So the recovery uh, depends on what stage you're on and, and what therapy you get. But lung cancer is getting more and more treatable as we go along. Very exciting to hear. Dr. Kostick, can, very blunt question, can lung cancer be cured? Yes, we are working very hard to do that. The earlier stage we get, the greater chance we have of curing it. That's why preventative medicine, routine screening, avoiding smoking becomes so important to us. If you find this in stage one, you have, tell me if this is right or wrong. I I would believe you have a patient that could be very well positioned for a favorable outcome. That is true. Um, as clinicians and, and, and as a surgeon, uh, I am very encouraged if we can get somebody who's at a very early stage. And fortunately, throughout my career, uh, I still see on follow-up some patients I operated on even decades ago who still remain cancer-free at this time. Only because we were able to get it at an early stage and treat them appropriately. Fabulous to hear. Dr. Kostick, how how does a patient, I don't want to say typically do because I know everybody's special, unique, and different, but how does a a patient do with stage 2? Stage 2 now requires a little bit more therapy. Sometimes it's a combination of two therapies, maybe surgery and chemotherapy, surgery and radiation, but still favorable compared to the later stage tumors. How about stage three? You know, as we get further along now, now it becomes somewhat more difficult. In stage three, the cancer has spread to the lymph nodes by then or some other section of the lung. And again, the more tumor you have, the more cancer that is present, the harder we have to treat it. And now there's a decision between whether it's surgery or chemotherapy or other treatments. And as we get along further in these stages, the prognosis is less favorable. Do you see cases, though, where stage three and four can be cured? Yes, we are looking, although the percentages are lower, we are looking to improve this every day. Um, And we are still wanting to provide them with the best quality and the best quantity of life that we can. This is another, I think, very important question. Can we do something to prevent lung cancer? How, how do you prevent lung cancer? Can you prevent lung cancer? Absolutely, we can. If you do not smoke, please do not start. And if you do, please make every effort to stop. We know that if someone can stop smoking for 10 years, their risk drops by half to that of a current smoker. So it's very important. So if also, you... We go, met- go ahead. Please go ahead. Also, we mentioned that secondhand smoke is also um, very important to avoid. Um, So that becomes very important for us as well. That's one of the challenges. I mean, you can make a decision. You're not going to be a smoker. Uh, It's sometimes tough, and especially years ago, uh, because restaurants or anywhere you would go on on public transportation, I mean, smoke planes. Remember smoking on planes? So secondhand smoke is a challenge to avoid, isn't it? Even still. Well, we always remember growing up where 
four tables away from us was the smoking section. Exactly. Uh, and even though we were in the non-smoking section, we were not partitioned off by any dividers or anything. So, yes, it was very difficult in the past to avoid that. How would you say in the past five to ten years uh, the advancements with respect to progress? Because lung cancer, obviously, I, I know when my parents heard it in the mid to late 70s for my mom and then my father about six years later, uh, it, it was very bad news then. And, and the outcome was 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 the worst. It was terrible. Uh, we've come a long way, haven't we? We certainly have. How how? How is there anything around the corner that is almost there? Like the immunotherapy that you talked about when your own body works against the cancer, that excites me because a lot of times some of the other things you do really breaks down the person to, you know, where good cells get get hurt and killed getting the bad ones. If you're fighting your own body with your body, it goes after the bad stuff without hurting the good stuff, doesn't it? That's absolutely correct. Yes, some some of the um, old perceptions and, and old views of chemotherapy and other treatments were absolutely correct. We, we not only killed the cancer cells, we killed some of our own body's cells that we, that we wanted to keep around. Um, the newer therapies were targeting for, say, proteins on the outside of cancer cells that are not on the normal cells. So the drugs actually just attack the cancer cells. And with immunotherapy, we actually stimulate our own body's defense system to, to kill these cancer cells and, and also causing less damage to the patient's own body. So they're very exciting areas um, that we are now actively pursuing to help in this battle against lung cancer. I'm going to give you a closing comment, but let me tell our listeners, you can make an appointment. You can call 609-621-2080. That's 609-621-2080. Or it's very simple to navigate with any digital device, go to demanddebora.org, and then you'll see the hyperlink right there, a big speed button block right there to click on that to make an appointment uh, with Deborah Heart Lung Center. And today, of course, we're talking to Dr. Kostick about, about lung cancer. So you know the phone number, you know the website, uh, utilize it. Uh, we talk to people off air all the time that the, the wonderful doctors that we present and the information that you impart really inspires people. We were talking off air about colonoscopies, and I know this program saved a friend of mine because he was just adverse to it. But after listening to our program on that, he made an appointment, and they were able to catch something. He was totally symptom-free at the time, but he had something bad going on that would have continued for, uh, who knows, for an extended period of time, and then the outcome might not have been as good, and we we have heart uh, patients and all kinds of different examples from listeners who have said that Deborah Heart and Lung Center in this program has saved their life. So it's it's very inspiring, Doctor Kostick. Let me give you a closing comment on lung cancer to close out your program. And you know, prevention yeah. and education are going to be our two biggest keys, as we mentioned uh, offline, and anything we can do to further the maintenance of health care and the prevention of diseases becomes so important to us as healthcare providers. And we are available at Deborah uh, for just those things. Are you a fan of getting screenings that can be done even when you are symptom-free, like being proactive, 
to that degree. What are your thoughts about that? Absolutely. And one of the biggest advances we've had in the detection of lung cancer are lung cancer screening programs. So if you have a history of exposure to asbestos, if you have a significant smoking history, if you're between the age of 55 and 70, we strongly encourage a lung cancer screening. And therefore, we can hopefully pick up the disease. Unfortunately, if you have it very early, where it can be treatable. If you can give me 30 seconds, I have a follow-up, and I think it's an important one for listeners. And, and I would even say, including myself and any family members of mine that are listening, my immediate family members, is there a familial aspect to this heredity? For example, my parents smoked. We know why they got and died from endocarcinoma of the lung. We, the children, we didn't follow. All of us, I think, can say that we didn't smoke. Of course, we've been exposed to secondhand smoke, um, is there a familial aspect to this heredity, even if you've been a non-smoker? Yes, we see this with a lot of cancers. And in a strange way, some people are just predisposed to cancer. I just saw a woman who unfortunately has lung cancer, but has had two other cancers as well. Um, so obviously, genetically, she's predisposed to not being able to fight off these abnormal cells which some of us believe are occurring in our body on a daily basis, but our body is able to take care of it. And we do see a lot of tumor lines, including lung cancer, that may be hereditary-based. The topic couldn't be tougher, but I always enjoy the time that we spend together, Dr. Kostic. I thank you for your time, for your expertise, and you put on a masterclass seminar on this. And I know I know you've helped a lot of people that were listening, and I encourage anyone that maybe came in partway through Go to the podcast later today. When it's uploaded, you can download it. Uh, This is potential life-saving information, Dr. Kostic, that you've shared today. And I thank you for your partnership. Thank you so much, Harry. And I can certainly say Deborah loves Hurley in the morning. Uh, You're the best. Thank you so much for that. Be well. And when we come back, ladies and gentlemen, it's your turn to play. The phone lines are open, 609-407-1450. Let's do this. This is... Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app. It is 43 minutes past the hour. When we do a program, the length and breadth of DeBoer Heart and Lung Center, we, we come back with a mini segment. So we're going to get in. We'll get our next break in, our final break of today's program. And if you want to jump in, 609-407-1450 phone lines are open. But let me take a couple of minutes to tell you about something that I am personally excited about. I'm professionally excited about it. And for all of us as guest listeners, I'm really, really jazzed up about this. I have followed the Tony and Tiberi um, controversy. And that's James Lights Out Tony. His nickname was Lights Out. A great professional, a great former champion. But I can tell you this. Dave Tiberi, who no one gave a chance, went into that ring. In, and I, I was um, just what? Let's see. February, March, April, May, June. I was five months from us having the privilege of launching this program. So this goes all the way back to February 8th, 1992. James uh, Lights Out Tony 
fought, and he was the champion at the time, fought Dave Tiberi for what's called the IBF Middleweight Championship of the World. That's the 160-pound weight class, um, just, just to give you that. Dave Tiberi, it's almost like Buster Douglas when he, when he took down Mike Tyson. I mean, there were no odds on that fight. There were no odds on the Tony and Tiberi fight. So you couldn't even place a wager on it because it was looked upon as almost like a, like a sparring match or something, like an like a exhibition. Dave Tiberi took it to Tony, and you don't have to be uh, qualified as a boxing judge. In fact, two of the people that judged the fight weren't even allowed to judge a fight in Atlantic City, but that didn't seem to matter. The other judge did call it correctly and called it for Tiberi. Somehow these other two judges called it like 118 to 111 for James Tony. It was it was the source of a United States Senate congressional hearing. Senator McCain was incensed over the uh, unfairness of it all. Then future President Donald Trump went on the just can you say warpath anymore? I don't know. Uh, he, If you can, he went on it. If you can, he did something else. But he went crazy about it. And it's taken 31 years for James Tony and Dave Tiberi to be in each other's company. They would have had a rematch, which would have been fantastic. But Tiberi said the only – I'll do it. He he agreed to do the um, – and, and what I'm getting at is – Something that I've wanted to do for my entire broadcasting career is going to happen tomorrow. In the 9 o'clock hour, we will have Dave Tiberi for the full hour plus until Kilmeade. Don Hurley set it up. Don met Dave Tiberi. If you read any of the digital uh, content that we put up over the weekend and right before the weekend, we did two pieces. One on Tony Tiberi and one on the Atlantic City Boxing Hall of Fame. Just amazing. Uh, Let me get the break in because I want to riff on this a little bit more uh, because I'm telling you, don't miss the nine o'clock hour tomorrow because this Dave Tiberi is a very special person. I'll give you one little tease. He would have done a rematch. He agreed to it under one condition. And I'll tell you about that condition right after the break. This is. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Democrats say that high inflation would go away after the Fed's rate hikes. But month after month, the numbers prove nothing has changed. In fact, food and housing prices are still going higher. Meanwhile, Biden is still finding ways to print more dollars. Hi, this is Stephen K. Bannon, and I urge you to take action to protect your savings from inflation. How? By diversifying your current retirement funds into a physical gold IRA from Birch Gold Group. To see how it works, simply text the word PROTECT to 989898, and Birch Gold will send you a free info kit on gold IRAs. This 20-page guide will answer all your questions about using gold in your retirement account. This is the best way to stop your purchasing power from being stolen by Democrats like Joe Biden. So text PROTECT to the number 989898. That's PROTECT to 989898 to get your free info kit on gold. 
There's no obligation or purchase required. Sean Hannity this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. Before I go back to uh, Tony Tiberi, uh, just a thought. There, there should be no blanket statements in life because, you know, there's, there's always variables. But this is one that you could almost take to the bank. If you ever see a nurse on a ballot, vote for the nurse. I'm telling you right now. Think about what they do. They do jobs that most people would never even consider doing. Very, very challenging. Very, very hard work. Long hours. There is a triage, a former triage nurse running in Washington State. I don't know anything about her, but I guarantee you she's spectacular. You can almost be guaranteed. Now, look, there's a certain percentage of every vocation. There's dirty cops, but that's very far and few between. And so there's bad actors, bad lawyers, bad you know doctors, bad nurses. But I'm telling you, you see a nurse on the ballot, vote for them. You almost be right about 99.9 infinity of the time. All right, back to James Lights Out Tony and Dave Tiberi. And if you're just joining the program... This fight took place. I was still with um, President Trump, and I was at the Trump Castle. This fight took place at the Trump Taj Mahal in the Mark Giannis Arena. And it was still the Mark Giannis arena, uh, arena then because he had passed away about three years before this fight. Uh, truly one of the most dynamic executives in the history of gaming, not just the Atlantic City market. And and I, I you gotta love um the fact that Hard Rock, Jim Allen, and he worked with Mark very closely, as did I, he kept the arena named the Mark G. Edis Arena. And most people just say the Edis Arena. So this fight was not in Boardwalk Hall. This fight was in the Edis Arena, uh inside the Trump Taj Mahal Casino Resort. And it was one of the most controversial decisions in the history of boxing. There, there is absolutely no way that James Tony won the fight. Not only did he not win the fight, he wasn't even close. He lost the fight by probably eight rounds. It was a blowout. And two judges gave the fight to Tony. There was a phantom point taken away from Tiberi that I'm not a, a boxing referee, but I do know you have to warn a boxer. You don't take a, po- a point away. And they did. So that was wrong. Tiberi was just jobbed and robbed, and it, it was ridiculous. And as I mentioned, it was the source of national just attention, congressional uh, inquiry. Donald Trump was involved big time. And I left you with that Tiberi was willing to fight Tony again. And they would have had what I believe would have been a very uh, lucrative for both of them and also just for the sport rematch. But Tiberi had, and we're going to talk about it tomorrow morning. If you didn't hear, if you're just joining us now, Tiberi, Dave Tiberi, will be our guest for the full 9 o'clock hour. Don met Tiberi uh, and spent a lot of hang time with him during the Atlantic City. That's a three-day event, the Atlantic City 
Boxing Hall of Fame event. And I feel like I know Tiberi because I've heard so much about him. Uh, what a great guy he is. We're going to catch up with him. And his life obviously was completely changed because he never fought again. Here was a world-class fighter that should have been the middleweight champion of the world. He won it. They just didn't raise his hand. He won the fight. He got robbed. And how he handled that, and he's very successful in business. We'll get into that. He has a security business. He's very, very successful. But he said, I will do the rematch under one condition. I have to walk in that ring and be announced that I'm the champion. Now, you know, there's no way they're going to do that. You know the sport. The sport is, and, and it was then, it, it was corrupt. Uh, this decision was corrupt. I don't think there's any question about that. Nobody seems to disagree with that. Not even James Tony. Now, it took James Tony 17 years, I believe. Somewhere between 17 and 20 years. But he did finally admit because he didn't for decades or almost two decades, he admitted he lost the fight. So don't anybody get hung up on there's ambiguity here or room for opinions and this and that. James Tony has admitted that he got beat. And let me tell you something. Nobody knows better than the two fighters who won. You will occasionally have a fight that's so close that it could go either way. It could wind up being a majority decision one way or a draw, but this wasn't that. When you're beat in the ring, you know it. And you typically admit it to your opponent. You you might deny it later, but you typically admit it. And if if you don't admit it out loud, you certainly admit it to yourself. So this is going to be, I'm telling you, it's going to be, I think it's going to be one of the most special hours we've ever done as a program and we've done a lot of interviews amazingly the two judges i said 118 to 111 both of the judges that gave tony the fight scored it 117 111 which is impossible that result is impossible they didn't even make it look good it wasn't even like it was you know 115 to 114 117 111 which means that these two judges scored Tony the winner by six rounds. One point per round, unless you have a two-point knockdown round. They didn't have that. Just ridiculous. Outrageous, actually. Someday they ought to make that right and, and fix that and make Tiberi a champion. Tony was a champion as well. So it really doesn't take much away from him at all. And in fact, if you make something right, I think it makes the person who got jobbed, I think it makes them whole to some extent because he didn't have – he would have had a career. He would have continued as champ. Who knows? Maybe he could have lost the next fight out, but maybe he would have had a good long run. But I have some questions ready for him that perhaps it's the best thing that ever happened. I had a loss – in May of 1992 that I thought was going to be a win, had it been a win, I know this, we would have never, ever had the chance to make the proposal that helped us to launch this program, which we have been blessed 
for 31 years to be able to do. It never would have happened. I'm sure of it. So losses sometimes turn out to be great victories, actually. So I'm going to pose that to Tiberi in a little bit different way. But it seems to me many boxers that fight for too long uh, have, you know, mental acuity problems and all kinds of issues and not longevity. And Tiberi, meanwhile, is sharp as a tack. He never fought again, so he didn't take the punishment that he would have taken. And I'm going to pose the question and ask him uh, – could that loss actually have been a boost? Sometimes a knock is a boost. So I'm telling you, I can't wait for this. I have so, I'm not even writing the questions down. I have so many questions formulated in my mind. I know exactly what I want to cover. And then Don, of course, used to fight himself. So he's got insight that I don't have. And uh, we always say he's the fighter in the family. I'm a lover. He's a fighter. Uh, so... We're going to look forward to his participation in the interview as well. Uh, let me give you some of the um, comments that were made. You might have heard of something called the Roth IRA. The Roth IRA was named after Delaware Senator William Roth. William Roth was a senator at the time of this fight. He said, quote, it's time that the powers in professional boxing learned about fighting fairly the gloves are coming off today they went at it in this congressional hearing this u.s senate hearing donald trump said quote there'll be no more fights in atlantic city until this disgraceful decision is rectified and he he held on to that uh trump was the he was uh the one that brought all the tyson fights larry holmes fought here all the big fights in atlantic city during that late 80s, early 90s. That was all Donald Trump. He made Atlantic City the boxing capital, not just of the East, but actually Atlantic City. People forget this because it's decades old now. But Atlantic City became the boxing capital of the country, if not the world. That's how big it was. Tyson signed a deal. All his fights were in Atlantic City. And there were many other big fights. Think about some of these fights. Uh, Ward and Gotti, uh, Matthew Saab Mohammed when he was at his best. Uh, you could go on and on and on. There were great fights in Atlantic City. There's a uh, journalist that covered boxing a lot back then, Matt Zabica. Matt Zabica said, Dave Tiberi walked out of the ring the uncrowned champion they had to help carry out the crowned champion. It's true. He demolished Tony. And that's the book, actually, Tiberi, the uncrowned champion. Jackie Callan, who we've interviewed, and I did pose the question to her a number of years ago. Uh, do you? I, I'll never forget it because it was very friendly interview. Uh, she's a fabulous person, great woman, and a great uh, promoter in boxing. And manager, she was uh, James Tony's manager, and we we talked about a lot of you know really great things. And I said regarding Tony and Tiberi, I said Jackie, you don't really believe that James lights out Tony won that fight, do you? 
And she says, oh, absolutely, Harry. She, he won the fight. We, we stand behind that. He won the fight. I said, well, I said, you know, I like you and I don't want to be rude, but nobody else believes that. And I always wanted to pose that question, just like Arnold, uh, Arlen Specter. I always wanted to pose the question, Senator, do you really believe the single bullet theory in the assassination of President Kennedy? And I'll never forget his answer. And I got the chance to do it. This is in I'm saying this is in that league. This is the interview that I've wanted to do for over 30 years. I was so outraged. One of the things anybody that knows me that I I just cannot stand is injustice. And I know I know life's not fair and, you know, all of that. But I can't stand blatant robbery and injustice like this. Alex Walu, let me tell you about him. He was great. He was a great boxing analyst for ABC, and ABC was doing all the big fights back then. Alex Walu thought that Dave Tiberi was a joke. The things he said going into the fight were as unkind as anything you would ever hear. He flipped his script all the way. He said, quote, this is the most disgusting decision I've ever seen. And I'm telling you, it probably is. There have been a lot of rob jobs, but this could be the worst decision any weight class, all weight classes considered in the history of boxing. And you're gonna, I think you're going to love Tiberi. I know you're going to love him. He's a beautiful man. Everything I heard about him is so solid. And he hasn't been in a pity party. No boo I mean, this guy, you know, he got out of boxing. He knew he got robbed, so he didn't want anything to do with it ever again. And that's why this reunion was incredible. You can read about it on the app or at WPGTalkRadio.com. We've got to go. Brian Kilmead 